Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studio in California. It's episode 258 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back the one and only Abe the Badna as he is wrapping up his Great Smoke book tour. <laughs> and as always, uh, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Delos Race introduces another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celeste. So it's a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celeste is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celeste carries a brand of Criollo Olor and Puerto Cubana wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. Available in three sizes at an affordable price. Be sure to ask your retailer for Saga Celeste. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is the top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company. It's headquartered in Miami, Florida with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly clandestine brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Cavalier Geneva. Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars. Smoke gold, stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars and on Facebook at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneve, G E N E B E. Visit your local tobacconist and join that movement, which is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by the cigar industry press. You'll want to follow them on Instagram again at Cavalier underscore cigars. They do very unique giveaways throughout the whole year, so you'll want to get in on them. That's Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold, stay gold. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but yet beautifully balanced, overall tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebration and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the... Uh, primetime show as well as the California studios is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome everybody. This is primetime episode 258. This is uh Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I'm in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on a very warm North Carolina night, and you can hear the doors open and the and the fire engines and the sirens going here. So, um, but it is a very warm night here in North Carolina. Um, as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Aaron Loomis. 
How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. We're back. I guess we both were uh, traveling last week, and we're yep. back in the saddle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I know you. Uh, sounds like you guys had fun uh, out there. Yeah, Vegas is always a good time for a few days. So yeah, okay. yeah, yep, yep. Um, and uh, I'm exhausted. I just got home. I got home last night. So okay. From because I was in Florida for a few extra days for non cigar stuff, and it was actually that non cigar piece of the trip that really beat me up i think mm -hmm. um it was just a, those were long days down there so um and then i i had to drive back um so and um got back last night and this is my first day back today here so nice um yeah but uh i mean otherwise um you guys when did you hit those air those those airport problems that everyone was hitting that that night getting into yeah Vegas? i flew out uh tuesday night my flight was supposed to leave at 8.50. I uh, got delayed an hour as soon as I got to the airport. Uh, and it got delayed another hour because of the high winds. Uh, they had shut down the airport to one runway. Uh, I think they said they were having like 70 mile an hour gusts. So uh, it was an interesting flight in and interesting landing. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Overall, it was okay. Uh, that, that, yeah. that was that was good. So it was an uneventful show. Uh. Yeah, I mean, for a trade show itself, it was pretty uneventful. But okay. uh, I mean, there was there was some there was some fun. I mean, a company got bought, you know, a fist yeah. fight broke out, all yeah. these kind of things. You know, yeah. they they all happen, but you know, yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's all it's all good. Um, I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I you know the the dr was good, and then uh, you know, Jose gave us a scare with his health. Right. Um. So and uh, um, but otherwise, it was it it, it was. He actually looked better when I left than when I first saw him when I got there. So um, that was encouraging. He sounded pretty good this week. So uh, yeah. I think he's he's on the mend, which is good. So, um, but yeah, we're back in the saddle um, the next couple of weeks, and then we have another week off because uh, I'll be joining uh, this our guest here um, at his big event. Mm -hmm. So why don't we uh, introduce him right now? Um, he, he is the one. He's the only. Honest Abe Dababna. Of smoke in, Abe. Welcome back to prime time. What is what happens when this? I do my own intro. What the heck was that? <laughs> All right, that's it. What was that? <laughs> was it oh, it's not like oh, what was that? Oh, when, it's Saints by Danny Manil. It's a version of Oh, when the Saints. Oh, okay, okay. For a second, I thought it was something with Paul and Mickey Mouse, right? No, so I honestly thought that. But okay, yeah, yeah. It's a version of When the Saints by Andy Mineo called Saints, the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and I said perfect timing, too. Yeah, I had to you know, give myself my own intro song. Thanks for having me, boys. Glad to be so, here. Yeah, so yeah. Abe, you've been on this big tour. I mean, you've been on, we've been calling it the book tour. Is this the last stop of the tour? You are my final stop, my friend. The best, the best for last, gentlemen, both of you. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I mean, look, I, I really didn't do this until the digital experience in 2020 because it was so like absurd of a concept. Right. I really was trying to kind of explain people. We didn't know how people were going to take it. The other people's virtual events I was watching that year wasn't creating a lot of excitement. So I was really trying to explain it to people. I even paid for drawing engineerings of the set because you can't show the set sets being built the day before we go live. So, yeah. you know, trying to get this conceptually and then 
Ne last year was the virtual and live, which we've never done before. So I kind of did it again last year. And, you know, I think it's going to take about a two to three years before people kind of really understand how this now virtual live event really works. We still get questions. We get questions from people who did it last year. It's like, dude, right. it's the exact same thing as last year. But, <laughs> you know, when you do an event for 17 years, you learn that eventually 95% of the people get the groove of how it operates, yeah. how to work the ins and outs of doing an event like this and going to an event like this. Um, and we'll get to that point. We'll get to that point where, you know, we'll be answering a lot less questions and mostly first timers, you know? So, yeah. Um, but I appreciate all my friends who give me the opportunity to come on their programs and, and talk to some of their audiences. You know, we all share, we all share. I'm really amazed because I watch the names of people watching these broadcasts and a lot of these guys will watch me again and again. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I mean, we just talked about this last week with somebody else. You were there, but you know, we always hope that, Hey man, if we could reach five, 10, 15, 20 people who didn't, we didn't reach and somebody else's, you know, we all share a nice pool of the same people, but then we all have right. a percentage of people who, who don't listen to other, other podcasts. So you are the end of the tour, my friend, my poor, my, my poor wife. I, Cause a lot of these guys, a lot of you guys do it like late at night, man. Yeah. I, man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm there all day. I'm burnt. I'm, I can't stay there till 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock at night, every night. So I've been doing a lot of these at home. That way I can come home, have dinner with the family, spend time with the kids. They usually go to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And then I do my shtick, but I've, yeah. been, I've been commandeering our dining room for the last month. I bet. I bet for sure. It was funny because when I was trying to get you scheduled, like I was trying to get you on a week that you had no one else. I mean, that was literally what I was, what, what my goal was. Um, you did it, buddy. I did it. I went, I said, <laughs> well, just punt it out uh, at this point. And I figured we can get deeper into this. And this, I think actually our timing, I'm, I couldn't have been happier about the timing considering some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight have happened. So I actually was like, this is pretty good. Cause uh, we're going to, we're going to get a good, good view into things here. Um, as far as that goes. So, um, you know, I guess I'll, I'll ask a couple of questions first on the date, right? Um, so you made a date change this year, later in the year. Um, not later in the year, but a little later in the winter, let's say. It's about a month later than our yeah. normal time. Was this all driven by the, uh, the wisdom of TPE deciding to schedule when they did and pro cigar, you know, always having it when they do kind of, was, was that kind no. of the driving factor? No, this year, it didn't matter when anybody had an event. Uh, we were going to do it this weekend. I, you know, if the PCA was this weekend, this was the week we were going to have the event. So, okay. I mean, essentially what happened to us last year, and for those who follow or, you know, watch, listen to my stuff, kind of know, got bumped into that hall last year, last minute. It was like late December. We were like six weeks out, and they basically called me up and said, hey, because You've been to you've been to where we used to do it. Out the, in the tents, Orange. yeah. There are tents. There were actually buildings. Right. They were. They were. Bit, yeah. They were. But one they was completely it. enclosed with big bay doors, and the other one was kind of like this open rodeo area covered. Right. Right. It was the like where you had the food was was in the enclosed area, and then the rodeo yes. area. And for, the cigar yeah. manufacturers were in the first year. We left it as sand, and that was treacherous. And then we oh, bought astroturf to put on the year after that. But we had been outside, and it doesn't get rented out that much, so. It was very easy for us to get it every year. And um, we got a call like late December last year. And they're like, hey, how would you like to move to the main expo hall? I mean, that's where they do Barrett Jackson. I mean, there's no smoking in that hall. I mean, that's just a policy. And um, I'm like, are you asking me? Or are you telling me? Because it doesn't really sound like it's a question. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're like, like, no, we're telling you, man. I'm like, dude, why do I have a contract if you're going to move me? Uh, read, read clause number, you know, <laughs> 8-7-A. You know, we could move you. I mean, in their in their defense, they were moving me to a much more it, expensive hall, an air-conditioned hall, a huge building, their main expo hall, and they weren't going to charge me extra because some other race car event really wanted our place, and that's the only place they could put them, but they could have moved us. Problem for me was about 17 hours of relaying out a floor plan that we've been using for five years because now I had to figure out how to get two buildings right. for one. And, um, you know, I really going into it didn't think that we would stay there. I just thought we'd move back the following year because I know it costs a lot more money to be in that building. And then also I said, you know, they're trying to accommodate a crisis. So they're going to let us smoke in there. But once we get a couple thousand people smoking in that building, yeah, never letting me do that again there. Right. <laughs> so... That was my mindset going in, and then we had this event, and it looked great. I mean, it was tight a little bit, but it was nice. Everybody was in one room. And just so you know, the square footage of that is literally equal to those two buildings, or maybe a little bit bigger. But what you lose is you lose peripheral wall. So I had I had two buildings with peripheral walls. Now I only got one peripheral wall. Right. So you end up actually losing stuff, even though it was a bigger building. And um, I'm like, man, going back to their buildings, not going back to the ghetto. We just They just put us in a penthouse. And, you know, I just couldn't conceive of going back. So literally, like, right after that event, like, the Monday when we're still picking up, some, I said to him, I said, look, you know, can we do this event here next year? again? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, wow. This was the first available weekend of the year a year ago. Mm. Wow. Yes. So that's why about six, seven months ago, last August, July, whatever that is, yeah, over six months ago, August, we booked 2024. Huh. So we booked it like literally six, seven months ago. And right after this event, I'm going to look to book 2025. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I could keep it in February. So, yeah. so Aaron, just to give you an idea of what this, this, this fairgrounds that Abe was talking about, this building he moved into, I would say it's the closest thing to this thing being in a convention center. Okay. I mean, really, it, 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 for all practical purposes, this was Abe like a convention center type of unit you were in. Yeah, I mean, if you go to... I mean, they use it for conventions. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean it just, in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, they do Barrett Jackson in there. They do some big, big things in there. And um, and just so you know, there's a another 35, 40,000 square foot expo attached right to us. So I don't have to worry about growing this yeah. setup forever, probably. Um, but no, it's air conditioned. It's nice. I mean, it just it ended up being, I, I love the event. There's no way I was going to say we were going to move back. And that's why we did it March 18th. We knew it fell on St. Patty's Day. We really didn't have a choice. So it, um, it worked out. I guess it, you know, it's like a lemon to lemonade thing. It worked out. Good for, good for it. Um, because, you know, they, the, again, every year, February, everyone just puts everything in February every year. It's, 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 it's like the busiest month in the cigar industry, as I find. You know, you know why it originally started in February. Did you ever hear this original story? No. Okay, there, there's a reason why it happened in February. It wasn't any rational thought or decision other than pure panic and crisis, literally. So we had our 10th anniversary event. So that would be 19, it would be 2006. So we had our 10th anniversary event in 2006 the first great smoke was in 2007 and it was september september ish you know and um maybe it was november 
it might have been November. I got to look. I got to look at some old photos. But uh, we had a huge event. I mean, this is this is a single store event. I'm going back 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. We had not even a fraction of the reach that we have today. And we had like 800 people at this event. Wow. We gave away a Harley that was custom painted and decorated with Oliva cigars, Drew Estate, Camacho, and Rocky. Rocky. There was four companies. And that was the first time we did this thing where we made 150 boxes. 150? Yeah, 150 boxes. And it had 50 cigars each or 40 cigars each, 10 from each company, 17 years ago. And each box came with a medallion, just like we've done the car giveaways over the years. And you had a, you, if you bought one of these boxes, which I think at the time was $300, you got like 40 or 50 cigars, you had a one in, one in 150 chance of winning this Harley. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great event. All four companies were there. I mean, and um, Michael Argenti happened to be there. Uh-huh. Just came out. And we all went out afterwards, and all Michael Argenti could do was talk about how he was just blown away by this event. He's never seen a outside of like a JR or whatever. He's never seen a retailer have an event of this magnitude, this size. And you know how Mike could be. He wouldn't stop talking about it. Like, all night, you give me compulsive, obsessive with it. Where do you go from here? What do you do next? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just trying to enjoy that we had our 10th anniversary party <laughs> over. We literally spent like all night talking about it and got home late. And the next morning was a Saturday and the guys in the shop all cook lunch. So I, you know, I got there and they were cooking something. We we're going to have lunch, all the regulars and everything. And I remember walking in the courtyard and his words are echoing. What do you do next? What, how can you make a bigger or better event than this? And Eric Espinosa and I had talked probably two years prior about doing a multi-vendor event together somewhere. And we spent like six, eight months, really couldn't find a venue anywhere in Florida. So as I've got Argenti's words in the back of my head, I'm looking out in this courtyard. Man, I could do a multi-vendor event right here. I could line up booths. I just take over this whole courtyard for an afternoon. So I said that I would do it like a year later, maybe like a year and a half even. I was going to start working on it, start putting together a year and a half on it and whatever. I, just, I started reaching out to a couple of manufacturers. Then I get a call from Christian Oroa because Camacho was one of the people at the event that night. And I guess on his way home, he stopped by the airport by the Hard Rock or something because you know, he like he flies planes and stuff and goes. Right. And he ran into Francois of Thompson's. Now, France, Thompson's had just had their big multi-vendor event. So this is going to be November, because I remember it was in October when they had theirs. So this has got to be like early November. They just had their big multi-vendor event, because I remember that year, because it, like, it rained hard, and all they had was tents, and everybody was like walking through like three inches of water. It was, like, it was a brutal, brutal <laughs> yeah. event. But they had just had it like a couple weeks earlier in Tampa and at the Hard Rock. So I'm hearing that France Blah is here uh, on our coast at the Hard Rock, Christian Rosingham. I'm starting to run paranoia that he plans on coming and bring, doing an event on this side of the coast. Mm. And I just, if you're going to be the second guy for something like this, you're done. Right. Yeah. You're literally done. I mean, you're just the wannabe right. and whatever, and I, it would have killed it. So from conception in early November, let's say, the first great smoke was that following February. Wow. And he's never done one. So I had all of November, all December, all of January, and whatever we have in February to put this event together. No staff. I, I was like a five-person right. company back then. 
No graphics people. Any graphic was done by me. Any posters, ticket books. I would work all day and I would come home at night. I would sit with my laptop in the living room and literally two to three nights a week work through the night doing graphics, books, everything. And our, in that year, our first tickets was even like duplicate forms. There were half, <laughs> half sheets, eight and a half by 11. You fill out your information. We gave you the yellow copy. We kept the white copy. <laughs> but I literally pulled off the first great smoke like in four months, literally by myself. Wow. Um, yeah, looking back on it, there's some things that I look back in my younger years in my career, maybe because I'm just older and I can't conceive of having that much energy anymore. It's been so long since I've had that much energy. I can't conceive of how I did certain things back then. But pulled it off in four months with nobody, nobody. And what was even worse was outside, I, mean, I didn't think about getting tense. I didn't think about doing nothing. Man, the forecast was rain all week. <laughs> Not even like slight percent chance. It was like thunderstorms, 90% chance thunder every day of the week. I'm like, Listen, so here I am. I was, this is going to be catastrophic. There's no way you can have this event with rain. No way. It's impossible. Yeah. I'm going to have to refund right. all their money. I'm going to have to refund all these people their money. And I'm going to look like a fool to 32 companies in our industry. Right? I'm watching it. It's Monday, rain pours. Tuesday, rain pours. Wednesday, rain pours. Thursday, rain pours. Friday. I'm starting to wig out, man. This is a catastrophic. It, this, this shows the rain going through Monday, the following Monday. All my friends start telling me superstitious shit to stop rain. I do all of it. <laughs> I do all of it. My Wait, friend put, right a, put a Madonna in the window facing outside. I did that. I had to go out and buy a Madonna. I didn't have a Madonna. You know, every superstitious shit to stop rain. I did it that day. And um, no, you look great. And um, it was cloudy, drizzling. Saturday morning. The event started at 12, and I'm, gentlemen, I shit you not, about 10.45, 11 a.m., I swear to God, it's like a movie. The clouds parted. <laughs> the sun came through, and it was one of the most beautiful days of the year. CAO girls walk around bikinis. The weather was perfect. I mean, mind-blowing. I went to church that Sunday. I, I owed God that, 100%. And... It was like, I mean, really, it was just un an unbelievable story of it happening that way. We had a wonderful, great event, and that's what kept it going till these, you know, that was the spark that started it. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough. We had one other really close call with rain, but that this was the time we were at the German club. I, I think I remember that one. So the German club. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to say this is going back. We've been in the fairgrounds now four or five years. This is about seven years, maybe. Yeah. Six years. So. It looks like it's going to rain. It's inevitable. But the German club, the seating area and stage is all under a big, big metal canopy. And the stuff in the parking lot was all under big tents. So you had to do a little walking from the tent to the seating area, wherever you might have got caught yeah. in a little bit of rain, but not catastrophic, right? And, but the parking is far. I mean, some of these cars are way out there. They're going to get drenched by the time they get there. So being forward thing, I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put a little 10 by 10 tent up as the cars are pulling in the park. We're going to give them ponchos. So, because most of these people won't come prepared, give them ponchos. At least they can get to the event area dry. Yeah. Bought 3,000 ponchos. <laughs> Still have them. Still have them. Yeah. And I'll I tell remember. you a story. When we were moving everything from the warehouse, from, you know, I used to have like eight storage facilities, you know, all great smoke shit, everything, you know, it was a nightmare. 
So when we finally got a warehouse and we started emptying out all these storage, we, we came across all these ponchos and my guy's like, throw these out. I'm like, don't you dare throw them out. <laughs> yep. That's like insurance. That's the, the moment day you I throw them out, shit. it rains. Yeah, the in. day I throw them out, we're going to have a thunderstorm. You keep <laughs> yeah. those ponchos. <laughs> and they're still sitting in the warehouse. Yeah. I I am the same way. I am so, the same way. So that's how it became February. It was out of crisis. I had to I had to beat Thompson's and and, and it ended up I, it couldn't have been further from the truth. He had no interest in doing an event on this side of the coast. It was right. just paranoia and fear, and it drove me to make the event as quickly as possible. Yep. Um, I'll ask this kind of in, in, in the spirit of that. So there's another event going on uh, a little further south from you this weekend. Any like little rivalry kind of, you know, okay, you know, th- you know, with, with these guys, like I want to beat these guys kind of, what, what, or is it just, you don't care? So, so I don't consider a rivalry. I mean, okay. I think our event every year in our normal time is before their event anyway. Right. I don't consider it a rivalry. Um, and I also don't consider it an event. That's kind of like more of a uh, expo or a gathering. It's, it's not a, we've become now a real production. Like this is a show. Yeah. I mean, it's like ridiculous now. It's going to be more ridiculous this year than last year. And we're already doing shit for next year. So it's not the same kind of thing. That's like kind of more of a herf. You're gathering around, you're smoking with guys, you're talking, you're having a cocktail. Um, It's not, it's a function. That's a good word. It's a cigar function more than it is an event, you know? Um, And it's definitely not at all in the same line. So for me, it's not a competition, you know? Um, Do I think that our event kind of sparked their reasoning to come here to Florida um, because they hadn't done one in any other city for yeah, almost but... two decades, decade and a half plus. Yeah, I do, which is good. It's great. Cause I do believe anybody who goes to that event and comes to ours will realize the, the value and the, 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 you know, the difference in the experience of coming to our event and their event. It's always better when you have something to compare it to and you say, wow, what a difference. And yeah, that's what it is. Cause ours is an event and that's kind of like a cigar function, you know, they, they keep trying to expand it. They added the whiskey thing element, I think, make it a little bit better. I think it, it did help it at all. And the venue's nice. But you know what's nice about, you know, look, I've been to the Hard Rock twice to look at moving the event there. And, and William, you could attest to this because you're there. Yeah. You've been there many times. One of the things that has never, it's a phrase that was never coined by us. This was coined by the community last year is, this event now has been coined the family reunion. Yeah. And it, the it, hard rock doesn't facilitate that kind of environment. Yeah. The guys that go to that function all go in. Some get their cigars and walk out right away. Really, yeah. You know, yep. really and they're going to gamble. They're going to here for dinner. There, there's not that. Uh, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. There's not that thing of this is a community. You know, and everybody's happy to see each other. I mean, look, I'm, I'm I'm reading our Facebook group and everything. Man, these people can't wait to come down and see each other again. You know, I mean, so I, it's not a competition because for me, in my mind, it's two completely different things. Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with you on that. Um, and I and but you're gonna outdraw it, right? I mean, oh yeah. You, so you're oh, keeping. Yeah, right. I'm sure you want to outdraw it, but you will outdraw it. I mean, oh no, they, they don't even come close to our numbers. Yeah. No. No, no, and 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 no one's flying in for that event. I know I mean, one per. I know one person is. I gave him. Yeah, but I mean, like it's yeah. minimal. I, I yeah, think our minimal. events half half. Abe, yeah, and I think a lot had to, with your event, right? And this is I'm going to put myself here. I heard about your event from KMA from listening to KMA. 
you guys did a broadcast one Saturday before the thing started, and a bunch of us were hearing it. We said we have to get down to this thing next year, and and, and that's what happened. Uh, I went to following you, and then I think you got this other boost when a combination of the digital experience and the smoking social group. I think that was the second thing that kind of gave another boost to the people wanting to go to this. Well, I think the digital experience helped make. I think the social group helped make the digital experience as successful as it mm-hmm. was. But because once again, you know, we sold out of tickets in that. I mean, that was a good, but I think, I think part of that was the state of the world. People just looking for something to yeah. get together and feel bonded with other yeah. people. And, um, you know, I, I think that was part of it. And I think, because I don't think anybody really knew what they were going to see. You know, I don't care how much I'm telling you what you, was going to be every single person who watched it who i know messaged me and said holy shit like like i, I didn't expect that I'm, I'm figuring i'm going to hop on this thing for 30 minutes and go have lunch and go do my shit on a saturday i ended up watching seven hours of a television broadcast so you know people bought tickets without i don't really think most of them had any idea of what they were in for so that's a testament to the community we built yeah. they had that faith and i think part of it was attributed to the time what was going on in the world that I think people were just looking for something to say, hey, I, we still can't get out. Saying, but I want to feel like I'm doing something, a part of something. And, and it showed, you know. And then there was, a, there was it was a perfect storm of stuff. It was the first year we ever had TGS releases. And all these guys made some pretty epic stuff. Sokka, Pete, even everybody's stuff sold out in 10 minutes. And, you know, Carlito making us an Opus X, I think that was another thing that just... Yep. I, I, I mean, we know because we noticed it after the fact when people didn't get their boxes and all the whining and complaining. A lot of people could have cared less for the event. They literally bought a ticket just to get that box or opportunity to get that box. So there was a multiple things that, that that put that made that thing historic and epic. And it's something that is will be a milestone in my life of accomplishments. I mean, like I've said before, if I could have hired a, a company just to follow me for the last 60 days and document yeah, it would have been put that together. It would have been brilliant, but you know, shit. I had no idea what I was in for. No, it like I said, it was very. I I know. I remember when you were coming up with you you were kicking the idea around because you saw all these other virtual events and you said, "I just can't do this." You know, it, it, it looked like yeah. this. It, it right. And, that's, and don't, that was, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking what you no, have. No, that's an. You do the same thing for KMA, right? You know, this is not for a podcast or a broadcast, but this is not a cigar event. No, right. it, it it isn't. And and I think by the time you were getting to 2021 for the digital experience, people were like worn out on that stuff. To be honest oh, with you, they were worn out. Yeah. One of the reasons why I did the tour because I don't think anybody like really thought that this was going to look like the, the Tonight Show or you know be a real broadcast. You yeah. know. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I really beat the pavement that you're trying to get that message out. But yeah, I mean, this is not exciting. This is not fun to have done. This would have been, would have been insane at that time. And, 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 you know, I tell this to my staff, it's very easy for us to set ceilings for ourselves. This is how it's done. You know, and once you accept, once you accept that ceiling, that's where you're at. We, my team literally sat in a room for almost three hours because we refused to say this is the only way we can do this. We're, we're going to sit in this room until we come up with an idea that we like, that we're going to do, or we don't do the event. Right. And none of, nobody wanted not to do the event. Yeah. It was motivation for them. And, and let me look what happened on a fluke. On a, I was just being funny, and the next thing I know, hey, we could do this. Like, what? And I was really just being, you know, <laughs> you just throw shit against the wall. 
you keep throwing out there no matter right. how it's not because literally i mean just imagine we're talking and i say what if we did like a seven hour telethon like you know i said jerry lewis telethon there was like yeah. only two people in the room who knew what i was talking about exactly i said we could do like a jerry lewis telethon and, and qvc like and they had a baby and we'll make that kind of a show i mean i'm 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 listening to it i'm understanding the absurdity is the words that come out of my mouth yeah operation guy goes i know the guy that could do that get the fuck out because <laughs> yeah my best friend has been like this is what he does for a living he's been 30 years i said you think he's gonna want to do our podunk ricky dink cigar broadcast because he's telling me this guy's on the king of comedy soul train golden globe i think He's like, oh, what does it hurt to ask? Like, call him up. We called him right there in the meeting, put him on speakerphone. The guy says, I love this. I'd love to do it. Yeah. And I said, okay, okay, hold your horses, Charlie. I need to talk about how much it's going to cost. Yeah, right. And he said, listen, we'll make it work. Don't worry about it. And, you know, <laughs> you never like that phrase. Yeah, but yeah right, right. <laughs> but he was, a good, he was a good friend with Matt. And let me tell you something. This guy's talented. And I'm going to tell you something. I didn't realize how talented he was. Until I really sat down to rewrite, I, 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 I had to read you the whole timeline. It took me like, I think, 17 hours, which is way better because it took me like 37 hours the first year. Um, I had to read you the whole timeline for the show. And um, I wanted to, you know, I can't remember the broadcast from a year ago. So I literally sat and I watched the whole five hours over again. What cues were missed, what we did wrong. And I'm telling you, this guy is good. How many times they've gotten off the timeline and he made adjustments on the fly. And like, I posted that take with Michael Herklotz. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw my post where Kim and Paul were talking about bourbons and whiskeys and the aroma and the camera cuts to Michael Herklotz drinking, smelling a bottle of water, yeah. and taking a sip and spitting it out. That wasn't scripted. That wasn't right. in my script. And, and for the director to see him doing this, he either directed Michael Herklotz to do it yeah, or he saw Michael fucking around and, and he, he said, "Cut to Michael right now." I mean, he's good. Yeah, he's good. yeah. He it, it, it definitely is shown in the in the in the production. And uh, you know, Abe, kind of like you, I was at the event last year, and I really didn't see the. I I saw the videos like a few weeks afterwards, right? And it was kind of cool to watch those videos. Be and, and unfortunately, last year was not a good year for me at your event for personal. I I was going through a lot of that stuff with my dad. So I really got to watch the, you know, those interviews the second time through. And um, it was like a whole different angle I saw of this thing. So I was there, but, you know, I could go back and watch those. And they were good interviews. Michael did a hell of a job with those interviews. You know, you guys had a guy, the first Guy Fieri interview was done at that thing. It was a big, it was big. Super talented. Yeah. Super yeah. Talented. Was, really, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I'm, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to continually put together the right teams and finding great people to work with. I mean, Monty and Stoner. The, so Stoner's is the production and electronics crew. They're based out of here. Monty's in Atlanta, who's with Showtech, and Monty's the director. And basically, you know, he knows crews in multiple cities, so he don't have to import his own crew when he travels and whatever. So he put us together with Stoner, and like we're family. We were just running. We were doing the run through on Friday. We made some changes. We're going to do the run through again. And these guys are great. And every little thing I addressed, there was, I mean, like, there was probably about 20 things that we really had to address from the broadcast last year. One of it was somebody who was on the soundboard and whoever wasn't skilled enough, they know it. They already said she's not coming back. We got the guy from the first year. The digital experience was on point. And there wasn't sound in the back room. Inside, the speakers stopped because I didn't want music to be blaring where people were getting the cigars. They wouldn't be able to talk to manufacturers. But we got speakers there this year. So when we do get up on stage and do stuff, you can hear us, but they'll be on different volume levels. Mm -hmm. 
just little things you notice. So I'm up on stage. I'm up on stage. And I, I make a great joke. Well, you hear the audience, but it's so distant. It just loses the effect of being funny. Just from a producer standpoint, just from watching it. And I was talking to Ryan. I said, look, I don't want to use... Um, what do you call it? Fake the fake laugh soundtrack. Laugh tracks, yeah. Laugh tracks. That's, yeah. Sound, that's gonna sound like shit, but how do we get he goes, it's really easy, man. We just put a couple of ambient mics in the crowd and we have a guy who tones it out and makes it sound right and whatever. And so whatever I saw, these guys are brilliant and they know the answer and they come up with it. So I'm really confident. I'm very excited to watch the broadcast this year after the Great Smoke, because of all the work I put into it after watching last year is to see all the improvements and how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Abe, that being said, what's keeping you up at night this year with this event? Um, it's funny because my whole staff thinks I've been possessed by aliens. <laughs> um, I think you just get too old to get tired. You get to the point where just get, I mean, you get too tired and too old to get upset. You know, I mean, it is what it is, man. We'll just figure it out. I mean, we've had, we've had our share of crises at this event already. Um, chasing down manufacturers, stuff like, but, you know, or, or it's just the 17 or 16 years of no matter what crisis we had, it still comes off great. So why, why am I going to get meltdown over it? Um, So really nothing's really keeping me up at night. It's kind of like, you know, I'm almost afraid to say it, but nothing's really keeping up at night. We, we've even tested all the scanners for people checking in. We scanned them outside in the sunlight, off a phone, off a paper. We've just gotten good that most of the variables or issues that we had last year, we've kind of been able to overcome. Um, when you do a new element, so last year we didn't have a simulcast broadcast. Right. Because so we did that the digital experience, right? But we spent a lot more money for that. But I could spend a lot more money for that because it was a very small set and closed. I didn't have to rent a hall, all right. this mega expensive staff. So I could dedicate a lot more funds to it. Um, so there was way, way better setup for the digital experience. So... We didn't have the equipment to do simulcast. We really didn't have anybody simulcast. This year, we're going to do a little special presentation that we've never had, the Great Smoke MVP. And um, I want to simulcast it in. Uh, you know, during a digital experience, like we did that one Zoom thing, and it was horrific. So stuff like that on the fly, but I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. Either they get it together, it works, or it doesn't. So I don't I mean, it's not really keeping me up at night. Um, we've made some changes to Great Smoke, but nothing that could go devastatingly wrong so yeah you know i just I, I, honestly i just want you know so if you can remember during the digital, digital experience i was in a, a leg brace yes i've been limping for the last two weeks um alex believes i have stress chronic uh chronic stress body aches because right. it just to happen around the great smoke all the time where my ankle swells up my back goes out so I just need to stay in health between yeah. on the gray smoke. I mean, that's that's really the main thing because it, it it's it takes a physical toll. We're there all week, you know. It, it, for us, that shit don't start on Thursday. Yeah, you know, and we're there all week building work area. You know, some people think, oh, we just show up Saturday. That's all we do. We're we're there setting up building all week, and it takes its toll. And I'm not getting any younger. And um, you know, that that's the only thing. So I'm glad my ankle has been bothering me. You know, I don't know if it's gout. I don't know what it is, but um, it's swelled up, but it's, it looks like it's coming to the end now. So I'm get it out of the system now. Get it out of the way now. I'm all right with it. Good. And uh, but that that's it. As long as I yeah. stay physically well. And the nice thing about it is, we have such a good team. 
especially with Mike and, and Mike now having the two years experience under the belt, understanding the timeline, how we wrote it and everything, you know, God forbid something happens to me completely. That wouldn't even stress me out. I got hundred percent confidence that Michael could do it, probably even do it better than me in my segments up on stage. So there's really nothing I need to worry about. We just got to keep doing the right of the work, finish the work and get it going. Hey, you know, I, I did hear I got to see Michael in action at Pro Cigar at the auction, which I had never All gone star. to the Oh, I, you know, look, I can see why they really need him there. He, I mean, he's an absolute, he's a, he's an auctioneer. The guy, the guy is, and I've been to a lot of auctions and he's as good as anyone I've seen do an auction. Um, he, uh, he, he commands that whole presence and, and I'll be honest with you, he raised $450,000 and, and I put a lot of that on him, how he was able to raise those bids. He was really strategic on it. Um, and I didn't understand like, well, you know, what was the big deal? Why did Michael have to be there um, versus you? And it was like, but now I totally get why he, he was, he, not only does he believe in, in the cause there, but they need him there. I can tell you that too. So where pro uh, cigar, pro cigar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Michael told him he wasn't going to be able to do it last year. You know, yeah. And they, 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 they realized how much they need him, that they got him a private jet to bring him back, to get him back. To oh America. yeah, they did that. Yeah. Cause it was funny. I said, Hey Michael, cause I was coming back a day early. I said, Hey, you're going to be on my flight. And he said, um, no, I said, hey, um, yeah, just curious how you're getting back. And he's like, uh, I can't tell. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, he goes, I'd take you if I could. That's what he said. So I kind of figured it out. And then he told me, yeah. So, uh, but no, it was all good. I told him. You know, what he, you know what he's good at? Because because he doesn't come across, it's so genuine. It doesn't come yeah. across. But, you know, you kind of got to be a little bit shameless to be an auctioneer. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like, I hate being put in that position. I'm just so uncomfortable with it. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't even talk about that the great smoke is tied to charity. I seldom bring it up, you know, because I just don't want to sound like yeah. hey, we're a charity event. Come to our event so we can read. You know, you know, yeah. event. We're gonna do an event. It's gonna be kick ass event, and we're gonna take some money. And we're gonna give it to a good cause. You know, because otherwise, I feel like I'm I'm like a used car salesman. So he really has the gift of doing it without sounding shilling and without sounding like a like a shill or a car salesman. It just yeah. Do I hear too? Come on. Do I hear? And he just grows. Right. I mean, really, it's, it's a gift. It really is a gift. Yeah. And, and I'll just kind of say this and I'll get in. He really cares about the quality of those products being being done. That's why it works. It he, that's why yeah, it works. That's why it works. He, like, he wants to believe in those products uh, because he knows people are spending a lot of money on them. So listen, um, and he wants, you know, he is very much, you know, involved with that piece as well. Listen, I could tell you, I mean, listen, without a doubt, listen, Michael's, Michael's a astute businessman. Uh-huh. Michael, without a doubt, at this point, understands the the benefit and the present and exposure he gets out of hosting the Great Smoke, right? right? Oh yeah, but that's not why he's there. No, he, that's not. I and I know that because he. And that's I why spoke, it's so yeah. good when he's on stage. It, yeah. It's not why he's there. I mean, does he understand the ancillary benefits? Absolutely. That's not why he's there, especially the first year, because you know I'm talking. It was like, hey, all right, you know, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do it. Sounds great, but even Michael had no idea what he was coming down or what mm-hmm. he was. In. You know, I mean, so like, you know, he was doing that on blind faith. Right. Right. And Abe, I'm, I'm not out of turn for saying this. He does that. He volunteers to do that. I mean, this ain't like, you know, right. He, he refuses. He refuses. I've offered. Yeah. yeah. I, I've offered to, to compensate yeah. him and whatnot. And, um, you know, I think he does that. Coach, yeah. He does that. Petra. Yeah. I'm about to lose power here. I got to get one of my kids to plug me in somewhere. Okay. <laughs> plug in this. Yes. Can you plug this in for me, please? Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have just dropped off in the middle of the show. 
Oh, I hate I when that a happens. Warning light. Somebody, somebody pulled it out. Yeah, I, 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 I've actually done the show and had that problem. Like I've hit the power switch with my foot or something, and it's, uh, it's fun. You know, yeah. you know, and, and um, I, I think his first joke was, you know, just you know, make it up to me on my opening order because again, he had a company. <laughs> Yeah, had a company yeah. right, right, right. Exactly. I, I, I literally, I think uh, that first year or whatever, I try, I really tried to give him an envelope and you know appreciate whatever he he refused. Yeah, that's how he is. I mean, he's really good on. And like I said, he really wants to do the great smoke too because I spent a lot of time. We, we were all smoking at the hotel at night, um, and he he was part of the group every night. Raphael, no doubt, a few other guys, and he was. I mean, I could tell he was really excited about about the event. So it's it's, it's genuine. Um, no, what you what you he see? Really is. He really, yeah, he is. really, really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got some TGS exclusives. Um, so a couple of things I want. I want to segue a couple with a, with a couple of things with it. But first, let me just ask a question. How do you view the difference of a TGS exclusive versus what you do with the micro blends? Very easy. Uh, we're not involved in any of the process of the TGS exclusives. Okay. We have literally zero involvement with them. Um, our micro blends are a much longer process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a process that goes back and forth. You know, you've seen bags right. of samples on the desk and whatnot, mm-hmm. and we've mm-hmm. tried plans. You know, the, we've already locked in the exclusives for 2024. So yep. one of the changes is 2024, we're only using three companies. One, I need to keep the longevity of having the variety of people coming yep. up. And two is, you know, you can only react to what you know. So the digital experience, we had six companies. And everyone sold out in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, holy cow. I mean, this is like nuts. So um, we we did five last year, five this year. We just think it's too much. There's a difference because one of the, we had, when we decided we were going to do, and remember what your question is, because I got on a tangent. Uh-huh. I forgot. But when we decided we were going to do virtual and live, we kind of solved every problem on how to make that work, except the limited releases. Yeah. How are we going to do that? You know, the day of the event. Because the last thing we want to do is oversell it. Right. And we're in the fairgrounds. There's nothing attaching anything to our back end of the warehouse. So do we, like, try to guess what the allocation is, bring, like, 60% of the product there, leave 30% right. of the web? And what right. I sell out here in an hour and I'm sitting shit on the web? And that was a very difficult thing for us to figure out how to do it. And we literally came up with it. Hey, why don't we just do these mini events prior to the great smoke where mm-hmm. everybody has the same opportunity, whether you're live or virtual, it was kind of really brilliant. The problem is, is that when you did the digital experience, we had all 2000 people at once watching, ready to buy. Yeah. Now yeah. you have a ticket holder. So if only 400 people buy tickets they're by the, by the time the first one drops, only 400 people are getting a chance to buy it, yep. you know, and Stockers was the first one and it sold out and was gone in literally less than 24 hours. So, um, so we didn't take that into effect when we did the five. So I think three is a decent number. And then we're not doing one every two weeks between December and February. You know, I think it's a, it's a good number. And we got three. Well, you know, Saka's doing it again. So, listen, Saka's going to be doing it every year until he says no. <laughs> I mean, that's he kind of owns owns that spot. He's right. Things sells out every year. He has a huge following. I'm not going to take it away from the audience. Uh, right. But two other big, big companies. One, a legacy company that we haven't worked with. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about our drops next year already. Interesting. Legacy yeah. company you haven't worked with. 
Yeah. So, um, what was your original question that I got off on this? Well, site? I was kind of because I was kind of curious how you like how you viewed the micro blends versus oh, the TJ so yeah. So we we reach out to these companies and look. You know, would you? So now that we've done it three years, I don't have to explain what I'm asking. Right. So it's, now it's a little bit easier. Hey, would you like to do one for us next year? And this is our theme next year. And they pretty much say, yeah, great. All right. Well, and we let them create it. We let them run it. So. Our, that's why we don't call them micro blends because they're really kind of not one of our, they don't meet the criteria of being a micro blend right. of our normal process. It's kind of like, a, a, it's really explore exclusive more than a micro blend for us. Mm-hmm. So they never get slotted in our micro blend series, you know, right. as a, a micro blend. Yeah. My prediction is placentia. And to boot, well, you'll you'll find out next year. <laughs> okay. Find out in November. So to boot, to boot, um, to boot, you know, uh, uh shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> it worked. I got him. It worked. I forgot what I was gonna say about the micro blends. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I can't remember, but you know, um, oh, so I mean, and, and what's kind of cool for me is by the time I get a micro blind, I've probably already smoked about thirty of them. Right. When we get these, I'm smoking them for the first time like a consumer. So this is so, more of a blind faith. This is more of a blind faith thing you're doing. You have, you have, look, the amount of effort that we have take to really make a smoking bar, a micro blend, we don't have that kind of a time frame from year to year with the great smoke. I yeah, can't make sense. Have that yeah. back and forth time wasted. Yeah. We're picking you, and most of these people are very excited. I mean, look, look, we we never told anybody to work with the theme. And, and I think three or four, of, three of the five companies this year or four did a themed boxing or package or name yep. of the cigar. So, yep. um, and I believe next year, two of them out of the three will definitely be themed. Sako will probably stick in his same format, but you know, they, they, <laughs> he can stick it in any format. <laughs> yeah, listen, why, why, why change something that works? You know, it works. It doesn't but, matter um, what he puts it in exactly. <laughs> But the other two asked me for art, asked me for the theme. So um, we just have faith that they're going to make something special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And look, look. And here's the thing when it comes to something like this. Uh-huh. I, I could say that, like, I don't think every TGS release has been amazing, awesome cigar. They've all been good cigars. Right. I've enjoyed some more than on my personal level. But if somebody who's coming to an annual event or doing something, it's just a nice way to have something that no one else got. You can walk away with a little something that's special when with your friends and, hey, what's that? Uh, I got it because I go to the Great Smoke or whatever. I mean, because they're, they're all quality cigars. I, I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart, we haven't had a TGS release that I said, oh, I don't know, man. I don't no, they've all been good. I've enjoyed that's everyone. Some good. a lot more than others, you know, um, but I've enjoyed everyone. Proud to have the TGS name on every one of the TGS releases we had. And, um, you know, for me, it's just a little more of walking away with something special from coming to our event. I think that's really the special part about it is, um, you know, I do a lot of little things for the Great Smoke. Will anybody know whether it's there or not? Like, I just saw a, a video display. I was in... Macy's buying my daughter a bathing suit or looking for a bathing suit or something. Of course, nothing was made her happy there. We had to go to some other place. But <laughs> of course, I you went these, to make sure you know it was in the guidelines, right? So I saw these. And it's, trust me, it's still not my guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the same so, thing with my daughter. I know. 
still not my guidelines. Right, right. <laughs> and my wife, and they all look at me like I'm the crazy one. But anyway. Yep, yep. I know, I know. <laughs> we saw these kind of cool six-foot video display towers that were Jimmy Choo logoed, but it was kind of a pillar, and half the pillar was a whole LCD wall, and they had all these videos going on. And I'm like, dude, wouldn't it just be cool to put two of these up in the room and just have Mardi Gras, Bourbon Street scenes going? No one's going to know whether we got... So the first thing I do is I text Stephanie, I send her pictures, can we rent these? Mm-hmm. Can we find them? She's like, I'll see if I can find them. No one's going to know whether they're there or not. Yeah. But when they're there... They'll, they'll wow, yeah. Is it just going to make it a little bit of a better experience for them? Yep. Is it going to be something cooler that's going to keep the, the vibe and make everything a little bit more exciting? Yeah. And we're just stupid that way. We'll just keep doing shit that... We know, look, there's two ways to go about doing events. And you guys know, and I don't have to tell you. There are people who want to do events and find every corner they can cut. Right. What's the least amount we could do to make people not complain? Forget about being yeah. satisfied. You know, <laughs> really, right? That's not about let's satisfy them. Yeah. What's the least we can do and have people not complain? We're the antithesis of that. We just do stupid shit. I, I mean, I bought two cannon guns for the end sequence. I don't even want to tell you what it costs, but why not? There'd be a cooler scene. I mean, we're like little kids, you know, because I've never look, knock on wood. We we put a lot of work in this. My team puts a lot of work on this. Everybody gets a little bit bonuses for all their hard work during the Great Smoke. That's why they don't mind the hard work. They all get rewarded. And we've made it a profitable thing. But we've never looked at this event as a bottom line event. Since year one. You know, how much money can we make at the Great Smoke? We literally waste time, money, and effort thinking, how do we make this experience better? And the rest just works itself out. All right, that's good. I mean, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Oh, no, we don't make money. It's not about, yeah, dude, we make money. That's how I feed my kids, and that's how I come back and do a better Great Smoke event next year. But the bottom line is not designate our decision-making process. We will spend stupid money on stupid shit, to make a better experience, you know, because that's how we look at it. Yeah, Abe, you you're just on a limited on the limited stuff because you do a lot of limiteds through the micro blends and now that the events TGS has. What's your opinion on the state of limiteds in this market? Because I think they're way saturated. And how have you been able to kind of maybe not have that problem when it comes to you selling those? Um. So I don't think saturated is the proper word. Okay. It's been abused. It's been more abused than I believe it's been saturated. So I think so too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry now wants to make something special. And I, you know, let's face it, man. I mean, it's no secret. A lot of these people are just buying sticks already made. And they're, 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 what they're making is bands, not cigars. Yep. All right. I think our transparency, our history, the people that we work with, you know, um, and we're just straight up honest with it. You know, Padron didn't make a blend for us when I had Padron make us a cigar. Well, I take that back. We, we had no decision-making process, but the 89 birthday blend, I don't know what they did. I, maybe it was just a round anniversary cigar or whatever when we did when we had... Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, so, but the SI-15, our first micro blend project with them, you know, listen, I, I was happy just to get a size they never made before, a 60 ring. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you get with Fuente. Yeah, yeah. With the Padron, Padron, that's yeah. yeah, that's what you're going to get know, with those. There was no working of the process. AJ Fernandez, we literally said, listen, we love this cigar. It's a good cigar, whatever you're using in it, we like. But I'd like to see what it would like taste like in this wrapper. Now, I remember when I went to Omar Fernandez, like, AJ doesn't like being told what to do. 
Yeah. That's the response I got. Next thing I know, there were samples and bundles over. He goes, listen, AJ said this was a great idea, and they were great, and we loved it. I was, ended up being the anonymous cigar. So, um, you know, I, I, I think when you do it right, and none of our microblends, look, they've all been reasonably priced cigars. Historically, our microblends from day one have been to 8 to $10. And I think now with Sock and the Red Meat Lovers Club, they're getting into the teens. And But I think still historically, the most expensive one we ever had was the, oh, sorry, the Davidoff was the most expensive. Davidoff one, yeah, that was but like that just 20 fall, falls in line into Davidoff pricing, you know. Yeah. It, and it the, wasn't barely priced for a Davidoff, actually. No, no, but it just but falls yeah. in line with their yeah. pricing. Yeah. And the Padron SI-15, when it first came out, was, I think, 18 bucks. I think yeah. it was. But, you know, so I think that's part of it. We're not saying, hey, look, man, we got a $30 cigar here. Here's our limited release. No, man. These are, we want them to be everyday smokes for people that you could enjoy. But we put the real effort and we're transparent in the effort. And I think we built the reputation and the track record that we have a culture and a client that 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 has confidence and trust and faith in what we're doing. Everyone's not a home run. Everyone's not a grand slam. But here's the thing. When you have so many people, well, this one's, this, this cigar is these guys' favorite cigar. This one was their favorite one. This one was their favorite one. Because, you know, you're not, you're not going to, who, who's going to get 100%, right? Yeah. You're not yeah. Have so um, at the bottom, uh, bottom thing at the end of the day is, We've all smoked it on our team. It's a micro blend. We've all liked it. We've all made it. I mean, it was, it was really funny because, um, so I've been showing recently a couple bags. We had three or four bags of different blends and wrappers that we were trying recently. And the team was literally split down the middle. I mean, 50-50, it really never happens. Between oh, wow. two of the blends. We're, we were not, we were in 100% agreement in the other blends we didn't like. Right. But we're split down 50-50 on these two blends. So I ended up making the call on what I thought would be more resonating and popular with the consumer base. Right. I that that's sense. all I could do. I mean, yeah. really, usually I let majority rule, right? I mean, right. five of us like this one and two of us like the other one, I go with the five, especially if I'm leaning that way too. It's a little harder when I'm leaning one way and the majority is leaning the other, but that really seldom happens. Right. But we were literally 50-50 um, on this one. And um, I just said, look, I, th I think this rapper is going to be more received better by people i think it's more popular with people um they're both good there's really no way to pick one or the other but we just ended up going with this one and i don't know if it'll make it in 2023 if not you'll see it in early 2024 interesting so there's one there's one tgs event cigar that i think now has got a little history with it now um the alec bradley one the alec and brow that is the last and i think i messaged you on this you have the last alec you have the last ruben blend it's probably the last Ruben blend as when they own the company. Yes. Did you yeah, know? I, did you have any inkling that this was going no, on? No, I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea. I, I, in fact, we bumped them to a better interview spot after the press. <laughs> I had to redo the timeline because uh, we need to get a more prime time, get a you know interview spot because uh, it's going to make a better story for Michael Herklaus now. It's going to be one of the more intriguing interviews of The Great Smoke. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it, it, it'll probably be the last blend that will be made under the Alec Bradley brand when the family owned it and Ralph. Yep. yep. Um, but I don't see these guys, kids going anywhere. I think these kids will go work for, I, I think it was announced or somebody here, but I said from day one, I see them going to work two or three years. And I, then, I, I do too. And probably eventually breaking off and starting their own company again. Yeah. It depends, I guess what their agreement is. I mean, I think I could see Bradley maybe going, I see Bradley maybe more into fitting into STG. 
just uh, that's just my, me me thinking that. I think Bradley could fit in just maybe better than Alec, but I don't want to speak for Alec either. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I know they're two talented young men, and despite what the popular opinion is, I don't think these kids are filthy rich because of this sale. And, I don't think know, so either. Bad. I always tell people. I mean, I, mean, I, get, I it's don't funny think the way they're talking about it. Like, oh, they get somebody. Somebody made a comment like, "Oh, he just had seventy-two point five million dollars. Why doesn't he put the ten thousand yeah. up for the charity for the for the mustache shave?" I right. said, "One, he doesn't want to shave the mustache." Right. right. I said, "And two is it's not his money." Yeah. You know, the company was owned <laughs> by his dad and Ralph Montero. Yeah. Now, yeah. if along the years his dad gifted them some stock out of his half of the business or his share of the business, who knows? But I right. guarantee you. It, it ain't, I don't have to work again money. I'm telling yeah. you that. Yeah. So, my, yeah, my, <laughs> is it going to go to work? My dad sold his limo company and I was driving for him and I didn't see any of that money. So <laughs> I'm just telling you, they, they, you know, I didn't see it either. So. <laughs> it, so It's funny how people think that. Yeah, they think you know? that. And I'm not yeah. mad at my dad or anything. But he, he, you know, that's something he worked hard for. And, you know, um, he took care of me in other ways. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I worked with my dad when he sold his company. I didn't get shit. Yeah, I mean, and they people said, "Well, they've helped build it. They worked it." I said, "Dude, they got paid. Yeah, it's salary. <laughs> That's what they got." Yeah, Eve. I mean, you saw this thing go down. I mean, and the price. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, because this, I don't. Play I wasn't. Right. I wasn't surprised. That, by the way, I wasn't surprised that this was happening. I was surprised by how much this was. Listen, I, I listen. Well, look, for anybody selling their company, it's great news. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like when the house on the block sells for an unreasonable amount of pricing. Oh, mother, value of my house just went up. But, it's not bad news for me, but I don't play that game. Everybody, everybody likes to talk. I, I mean, I have some retailer friends that can't keep their mouth shut because they they think that the financial analysts at Fox, <laughs> right? You know the ins and outs. Of it. Right. You have no idea what the value and what you know STC was looking for. What they saw, you don't know what real estate, what intellectual property was included. You know, there's 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 a million things. There's you know, there's plenty of things that we don't know, don't need to know that could be incorporated in that deal. So who cares? Yeah. Who uh, cares? Listen, could could listen, the bottom line of any transaction, the seller was happy with what they got, and the buyer was willing to pay the price to get what they wanted. Yeah, who cares about anything else? Yeah. And I say good for, look good for Alan Rubin as well. I mean, that's a Absolutely. tremendous job he did Absolutely. with that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'll, I'll miss them if they're not around much. But, um, you know, but if, yeah, if your dad's favorite car was a you know '54 Eldorado convertible, right, and you come across one, and some guy's got a mint condition original revenue, and you're willing to pay more because. It has purpose for you, reason for a big deal. It happens all the time. So I, I lived that with my dad, actually. So, yes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so who knows yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Listen me. I don't think STG's made, made up a bunch of dummies who don't know how to evaluate a company. Right. This is my favorite part, right? Oh, they're so dumb, they don't know how to evaluate a company. <laughs> they, they, they know <laughs> the what they're arrogance doing. arrogance of people who try yeah. to talk out. Any, any retailers out there jabbering about how smart they are. Yeah, okay. Yeah. These guys, none of these guys who sit there are, are smart enough to know how to evaluate a company. Now, do we knowingly pay more for something that we want for a certain reason? Absolutely. Could that have happened? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But what gives me the authority to talk about it? I have no clue. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's interesting. Um, it was, it, to say the least, it was. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see what the future is going to hold with that. Um, and like I said, you got that last cigar. Um, any anything about? Like I think I was talking to Alex about maybe putting that. In the, he was talking about putting it in the. Well, we got a little bit of a bigger stash away now in the, for the RV future RV room. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a nice little. I love the I love the theme they did on the crew theme. I thought they did a really nice job with that. Never saw it until it was done. Yeah. Listen, if there's one thing about the TGS releases I love is once they say, "Yeah, I don't have to do shit." Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of going back and forth and decision making right. process. We do a micro blend, and typically packaging and design is on our end. And every this is kind of the nice part of 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 the TGS releases. They commit to it. They want to do it. They run with it. I I see it when they ship it to us. Nine and sometimes they'll send me art or a box image and, yeah. and I'm all right with it. Robert Holt sent me the label he wanted to do for evening stock, which is by the way, sleeper. Sleeper of the yeah, that's sleeper. what Alex is telling me as well. Sleeper he told me that on Sunday. If you got a ticket to the great smoke and you haven't got a bundle of the evening stock, shame on you. Yeah, go Alex was really good really. about that cigar on Sunday. Great cigar, super reasonably priced. I think that bundle's a yeah. hundred dollars. Um, yeah. really good cigar. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, that's the nice thing about it is I don't have to, you know, churn and burn on it. That's good. So when is Bradley Rubin's mustache getting shaved? Is this going to be right after the Hercots interview? Is it going to be yes. later in the day? Literally, it's, it's, so it's, he it's, ought to walk around the Great Smoke without the mustache then. That was, yes, he, uh, he's, 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 he's the first, they are, both of them are okay. the first interview after general admission gets in. So everybody okay. will, will be inside. Um, and uh michael have his time on stage and then my partner in my barbershop that i own real clips barbershop adrian mitchell will go on stage clean it and i'm going to collect it and one of two things may either happen i want to take his mustache and frame it and put it in my little office museum <laughs> i just think it'd be epic you know i might have one of my kids like draw a little mustache and we'll drop all the hairs and glue it in so yeah. it's still like a mustache bradley rubin's mustache you know what i mean <laughs> i might do that you know we'll see what happens that's good. That's good. So we got to now work on Bears, getting something going for Bears' beard. Oh, I'm not letting up on him. If you're, <laughs> so, gotta, are, someone, if you're the, so happy about someone else having a shave, you 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 want you need to step up. See, I, didn't, I, I had a sentimental thing for Bradley's mustache, but I love the I love the concept. I want to make that clear. No, I wasn't you, against you, it. You always go against the grain. Everybody <laughs> in the country <laughs> wants to see his kid get his mustache. Oh, no, no, I want to make That's your name. Coop always against the grain. <laughs> William always against the grain. Coop. All right. But I'm on this page with Bear. I mean, we got to make this happen. It's going to take – He, I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it, but the thing is, we're gonna have to get a charity. He'll he'll give us a charity. He'll and I guarantee he'll give a number. And the question is, can we get to the number? That's gonna I, I be. Think, listen, I just think. Listen, he's got till now between next great smoke. I think we just do it on the great smoke. Put him on the stage. It's yeah, I, I think we. <laughs> I, I think we do too. I mean, uh, if Alan Rubin now has got, if Alan Rubin's getting behind this, like he's got some money to to to, to prime the pump with this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna definitely. And he's and he wants to do it. It sounds like too. Alan Rubin sounds like he wants to put because that would be like yeah to get Bear to shave the beard. Uh, I've seen one picture of him like younger without the beard. So I don't think there's one recently. You know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna stay on it. Scooby yeah. wheel gets grease eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely. Uh, this will definitely be. We'll be talking about this on our shows too. So uh, we'll do that. Um. Hey, I got so I got some other questions I want to ask you before we wrap up this segment. Um, um, these aren't really great smoke related, but um, first I want to just mention the you brought the Connoisseur Club to the, an end. What was the reason yes. for closing out the Connoisseur Club? Everything has a lifespan. That was uh -huh. that that was that project's lifespan. Great idea, probably one of the best ideas. Literally, I mean, I I, I it sounds very egotistical. Uh -huh. Probably one of the best ideas ever done in this industry. Very cool concept. Um, literal pain in the ass for everybody. Yep. Everybody. 
It's hard. I, I mean, a, I, I I could see that being difficult. It's a pain in the ass for everybody. And look, it, it it's it's it was about experiencing cigars in a different way. How many how many Connoisseur Club cigars were there total? Were there, were there about a hundred? Well, twenty four by five. Yeah, so you're over a hundred. Yeah, I yeah. Th- I was wondering if there was over a hundred. I thought there was over twenty four months, five cigars each month. Yeah, yeah. Five. So, yeah. I mean. I think it was very eye-opening for a lot of people to really have to smoke a cigar, not know who made it, not know nothing about it, uh-huh. no way you knew, and then talk about it, rate it, and then find out later. And we always knew this wasn't going to be like our Cigar of the Month Club with thousands of people. Uh-huh. I mean, the cap for this club from day one was only 500. That was the most we were going to commit to right. this kind of a project. And you experienced it for two years. We kind of had almost every company in the industry involved. And what are you going to do? Now you're just going to sit on a care. Listen, with our Cigar of the Month Club, there are new brands out every day. Yeah. Every week, every month. There's yeah. always something to keep it fresh and going. And I got a, I got a library of classics that I could squeeze in that you probably haven't had in 10 years, throw it in the mix here and there. And you're on a merry-go-round. How many times do you want to go around it? It's done. Yeah. You've experienced it, you know, Um it, it was never looked at a long-term longevity product. It was it was a product of COVID and coming up with a cool idea and we just put it into effect. And, you know, in looking back on it, I should have just probably done it for one year. You know, I probably should have just done it even for one year. The second right. year was just out, the second year was just out of momentum. We didn't have time to stop it, you know. Right. <laughs> it was just rolled into it. But yeah, one year would have been enough for that kind of a project. It would have given everybody a really cool experience. You know, it would have given 60 companies. Or, you know, some guys doubled up less, but it would have given almost 60 companies, 40 to 60 companies, an opportunity to make something special, you know, instead of dipping that well multiple times on going, hey, can you make us another little small? I mean, come on, let's be real. I mean, at some point, they're just going to say, fuck this, right? Yeah, right. So I'll let it before they tell me to go fuck myself. I mean, <laughs> that's the reality of that situation. My, my, my uh, well of favors or, you know, what they're willing to do for me will only go so far before... Right. For, you know, literally, I don't blame them to tell me to go screw myself. So um, it was just time. And I think that's that's the smart thing of any business person. You just got to know when something's lived out and move on or adjust or change it. And that was definitely lived maybe a year past its prime. Okay. No, it's, it's, uh, I think that's a good thing. It's, you know, when you see that happening, you don't want to jump the shark. Um, If you had a project you were talking about and... The baseball card project. What's up with oh, that? Just time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just time, man. We only have so many things on our plate to do. Yeah. I have yeah. a stack of people in the industry committed to it. And you know, we never made that card. We never made that project public coop. Oh, so, I'm sorry. It's all right. No worries. Just throw it out there. We never really made it. We never really made it public. I thought we had everybody sign agreements. We wanted to keep it on the table. But at the end of the day, we just, you know, once again, another great idea oh, yeah. of way we were going to do it. Yeah. Not the first people to make cards or whatever, but listen, we're not the first people to make a multi-vendor event. Yeah, yeah. We just end up doing it better than everybody. Yeah. That, I, I think that's my skill more than thinking up original yeah. shit. I can look at something. I said, this is great, but you know what would make this a lot better? And we do that. So um, it was more how it was going to be done in the presentation and, the, you know, and getting, getting original photos from everybody. The only way that's going to happen is to go to the trade show with a photographer. Yeah. And a pull-up backdrop green screen and that's the only way it's going to happen um not not a dead project 
We listen, Pip My Pack never happened. Still one of, one of my favorite ideas. We started advertising it. You know, I think it was supposed to start March of 2021. Still, still on our still on our, our board. Uh-huh. Still to happen. So listen, I just so you know, I had the, the term microblend trademark, I think probably let's see, 2010 was the first release. Yep. Probably six years before I ever made one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So sometimes shit just sits on the drawing board until you get sure. to it. No, I understood. Yeah. Understood with that. Uh speaking of a project that's we know is coming out. NFT, NFT. When will we expect to start seeing that NFT project come? Ooh, let me tell you, man. <laughs> I got one of the, I got one of the prototypes elements of one of the things that's going to be involved in it. it. It just arrived today. Right. I'm just going to say this right now. If this NFT doesn't create the most excitement and really take off, nobody's making an NFT in this industry. I, I'm going to have the balls to say that right now. Nobody's going to. Don't waste your time. If this doesn't create excitement. For everybody, it's not just it's not just a cigar, man. There's a whole thing now, and I can't talk about it because I need to know what our launch date is. And there's still, you know, Pete's still working on this crazy humanoid idea. He's telling me um, I just approved the art today because it just came in. I mean, it is great, man. You're gonna get go. there's one of ones being made for each uh, unique piece of art. And um, like I said, if this don't, if it, I'm doing everybody a favor because if this flops, just don't bother. <laughs> I'm mean, yeah. be honest. If this NFT flops, don't bother. Don't don't waste. How do you think the L- the LFD one has panned out? I think we talked about this. Yeah, I think okay, maybe we did. Yeah, I, I, I think it was so. Look, I think it was great for the floor. I don't think it was that great for anybody else. I haven't heard anybody raving about it, talking about it. But me being a retailer. I know what would be valuable to me. See, I had a number on the floor where it made sense as a retailer, as a yeah. business. This number makes sense where I might do it just to have something special. I won't have to depend on selling it for $200. Cause that's never going to last. You, right. know, you, might, you might have a few mooks in the beginning who say, Oh, I'll pay $200 for that. But that's not a realistic curve, long-term curve of what somebody's going to be willing to pay for that scar. So me being a retailer, I had a number. Well, that shit got blown like in the first hour. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm sitting back and watching the show now. Yeah. I'm not even, I mean, based off the first one, I wasn't going to watch any of them because, I mean, it just wasn't even in the same stratosphere. Um, but me being a retailer, I know what's valuable. I know how to value something where I say, well, shit, if I'm a retailer, I'm getting, I'm going to try to get one or two of these for my store. This yeah. is some real shit here. And, and, and forget about just making the money and the investment. I think, Pete being who he is, his track record for these kind of projects, the historical relevance of that brand and that launch in itself, you know, 3000 production for, you know, a little bitty organization back then and being in Playboy magazine and, and, and already having a history of 10 years plus in the secondary market. We still get emails and calls of people looking for that cigar. And we're like, you know, for a while, like, well, we got chaos, you know, it's not, you know, right. you know, so, um, I think I, and, and this is the funny part, right? All I need to do is find six, seven retailers. I, I don't think this is a consumer play. I'm going to be shocked if any consumer really. Look, it may happen because some of the pieces that are going to be in this package, there are consumers who can afford it. It may happen. But for me, this is a total retailer play. If I'm a retailer, I'm going to try to get two of these for my store. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it is because I see the value. In it. I see the value of the draw. Customers finding me every quarter because they want to get the cigar. I'll have it. I can sell it at a reasonable price. 
So um, I think I think it'll be I think even if we don't hit the numbers LaFleur did or whatever, which is not really relevant to us. I mean, we're not expecting or looking for that. It happens, it happens. Right. I think this is going to be way more successful on the people who end up with the NFT. I think you'll see a, a way difference on that end because I went into, I went into this project thinking at that end. Right. Right. I mean, that's how I went into it thinking. I mean, me as a retailer, what's going to have value to me? I mean, I, you know, I mean, I would be happy to bid on one myself. And then I just thought about it. It's like, look, it's going to look like I'm jacking up the price to everybody. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to gift myself want to be done with it. But my original intention was to bid like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was going to get one no matter what the cost was because we created it. And then we saw the conflict of interest. I like, listen, we're going to make seven. We're just going to gift ourselves one. And then we'll, we'll auction the six off. All I need is six savvy retailers. So I don't think it's going to be hard to find, you know, six savvy retailers who, who, who see the value of it. And it's funny because, you know, one of the things Pete was concerned with, he was like, what if the, you know, listen, man, you know, Pete, it's, this is not just a smoke in project. This is a smoke in Tetuahe project. Okay. We're partners in this project. And um, Pete's like, what if this flops? Which is a very legitimate concern right. with, once again, me being a retailer. I said, look, worst case scenario, I own 700 NFTs and I have a limited run of Tatuai, 600 and some boxes of Tatuai Anarchy every year. I'm okay with it. Are you? He's like, yeah, yeah. we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, he you seemed know, pretty excited about doing the project, you know, working on the cigars and the humidor. He, he was, was excited. He, yeah, he I, was very excited I, when we talked to him. He's got multiple bands. He's working on special bands that will differentiate from any other release, but still give tribute to the homage to the original Anarchy band. And he's working on a humidor. We were, we were talking about it. So, no, Pete's really, really into this. And you know, the month before we probably start the auction, we'll probably do be doing a book tour. So yeah. we'll probably <laughs> we want the first tour. slot this time. We want the first <laughs> slot this time on the book. You tour. guys get the first. <laughs> you guys were last this time. I'm telling you, we're coming. You okay? First. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I want to mention just one. Uh, there's a there's a guy you have working for you, and I've really. The more I work with him, the more I'm impressed with him. And I just maybe wanted to give you a shot to talk about. And that's the GOAT, Alex Tavella. Abe, this guy's been an incredible addition to your team, an addition to KMA. I, I see this guy's skills. I mean, maybe you could just talk a little about that, because I think sometimes he doesn't get the due he deserves. Yeah, he's the second most popular guy in the organization. How much more dues do you want him to get? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, he's hand-in-hand. Hand. His name goes with my name. So it's about his... Yeah. About about as much dues as you're going to get in this organization. Yeah. Um, listen, I've been blessed to, whether you know God or a guardian angel, send me the right people at the right times in my career and find them and keep them. Um, and Alex was a great addition to the team. I mean, Alex, listen, Alex's hire was a hire of desperation. Alex was in a different industry altogether for a long time. Um, the company he worked for, uh, basically claimed bankruptcy, shut up, shut up, shut, shut, shut up the house, close the house. And, um, you know, he had to chase them for a while to get his plane, like six months worth of pay. Um, wasn't working, you know, trying to find a gig for a while. Right. And then hurricane was coming and he's like, well, well why am I going to stick around here? He said, I'm going to go take my son and go see my parents, let them see his grandparents. Right. He left for one of the hurricanes, went up North, didn't come back. And, you know, I think it was work at construction at the time. And um, 
it was cold. He wasn't used to the cold. It was literally, I think I called him like the beginning of December because I was having a real, we had just opened up the West Palm Beach store. So none of the staff I really had that was running the old store without the bar really adapted to really run that shop. And I needed a good guy. And I'd known Alex. We've been friends. Our kids are friends. We, we play poker. I said, I called him and said, look, man, how's it going? Ah, it sucks. Oh, it's cold. I said, do you want to move back? I need somebody. I need somebody here and whatnot. And um, he's like, well, you know, what can you pay? I said, oh, this is what I could pay. I just opened a store. This is what I could start you out at. And um, if you can get here, he wanted to spend Christmas with the kids. But so if you get here before New Year's, or right after New Year's, where the date was, well, I'll give you a bonus because we really need somebody there. And he was there. And he ended up staying, and he had nowhere to stay. So he stayed with me for a month, literally a month. And he oh, found wow. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were shucking oysters with his son at two in the morning one night um, <laughs> back in Lanai. Um, yeah, he stayed with here for the first first month, I think, when he moved back until he found himself a place. And doing what I do, being the face of the company, and this is why most people don't do it, it's hard. It's too much work. That's why most people don't put themselves out there and communicate with everybody one-on-one -on -one and answer every Facebook messenger. You know, one of the guys who are in industry who does it a lot and another glutton for punishment is Steve Saka, right? Yeah. So um, it's kind of probably why Steve and I get along so well. Um, but Alex managed that store, was doing a great job. In fact, Alex was the best manager we had in that store and we were not able to replace him with a better one. It's been one catastrophe after another since he left and uh i think we recently like finally i mean alex so he he came on board to work on the back end with us on e-commerce in the middle of pandemic so i'd say in the middle of 2021 so coming on two years now yeah. even out of that. but we've been one catastrophe after another and I, I just imported a guy in from um chicago who was working at a place for five years and we finally think god we, we got that position solved um but when COVID came, there was, no, there was no bar to manage. There was no lounge to manage. There was nothing to do. You know, right. What do I need a manager sitting there for? And we were getting flooded and drowned um, on the e-commerce and internet side. So I thought, well, you know, why don't you come here and help us? And that's how that happened. And, and uh, you know, he's a guy that if I don't make a podcast or I don't make a show or I don't make an event, he could carry it. He Absolutely. Could Absolutely. It. And and that's priceless for a guy like me. I, I don't have to be the yeah. fate 24-7. Yeah. Um, the problem and why most people don't do that, it puts a lot of trust in somebody. Yeah. I'm building a guy, I'm literally building a guy's relationships with all my clientele. And, you know, guy could leave tomorrow. Yeah. And if he does leave tomorrow, is he going to leave in a way that may hurt you? or may hurt that? And that's why, that's why you don't see it done that often. It's typically done with their family or brothers or sisters, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you don't see it done. But, um, you know, I, I don't worry about Alex. Alex is a honorable. I thought you were sleeping over. Um, Sorry, sidetrack conversation. <laughs> Guess leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it was good seeing you, sweetheart. Bye bye. Uh, one of the, one of the downsides of doing this from home, guys. Sorry. That, that, I hear you. So oh. um, I, I don't have a cool little room like Coop. I'm in the dining room. Yeah. By the front door. So keep <laughs> it. No, and I'll mention that Alex is coming on uh, with Bear and I on the twenty eighth. Uh, yeah.
Yep. So he, he's becoming a personality. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, Coop. You're gonna get the credit. He's getting booked for shows for Pete's sake. Oh, no, we are. We we were long overdue. You want me to put him on a pedestal? Put a Rocky statue outside my shop? <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, the goat, the goat. So we're very happy to have him on. And we man. call him the goat. What more do you want? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Alex so, is it, good. Yeah. Alex is good people. All right. Uh, yes, definitely. All right, a couple of, of things here. This is what we call, Abe, this is a new segment. It's called our Ties That Bind question. Okay, so the Ties That Bind is named after the Bruce Springsteen song. And I'm going to name three things. And I want you to tell me what ties them all together, what they have in common. All right. Really I'm going to name. I really didn't agree to do any hardcore thinking. <laughs> this is this. This is. I mean, you got you to gotta, you, you gotta let people know that you need to be fresh. We're going to. Yeah, this, this is this making me be, work now at, at 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. All right. Go ahead. All right. So there are three cigar companies. Okay. There are three. There's three cigar companies, and uh, I'm gonna get in trouble already. I can hear it. All right, here are the three cigar companies. You should be able to get this. So I want you to think about tattoo. Oh, you mean it is not an opinion answer? There's like a right or wrong answer to this. Yeah. Okay, you got to think about worse. Yeah. You got to determine what what is common thread with these three companies. Okay, so this is an opinionated. You want the actual fact. I want you. uh, Yeah, and I'll give you uh, multiple answers and I mean multiple chances, and I'll tell you if you get hot or cold. All right, Alex Trebek, let's go. All right. (laughs) The three companies are Tatawahe, Drew Estate, and Espinosa Cigars. Nicaragua. They are are Nicaraguan, but they have something more in common that may be closer to home to you. I could probably name 20 things. This is such a Closer (laughs) to home, eh? They make cigars. They make cigars. Who have they made cigars for? What were the three companies again? Tatawahe, Drew Estate, and Espinosa Cigars. Who do they make cigars for? Yeah. So, I mean, you, so the two things that I got right. Yeah, you, who have they made? So, so the real thing is don't find the tie that binds them all. Yeah. Find the specific tie that William Cooper is thinking Exactly. That's that a very specific one. You need to rename this segment. <laughs> this should be read William Cooper's yeah. mind. When you when you when you hear the answer to this, you're gonna go shit. <laughs> like how close is it to home? So think think of why he's asking you this question. I'm asking you this question in particular. They tie they they okay, tie so to you, Abe. They, they, they tie to you. Micro blends. Yes, give me a little more than that, though. Yes, they are micro blends. Oh, one a more. more than that. Yeah. <laughs> They made micro blends, but there's there's something even more specific. Oh, who is, oh they both had multiple micro blends. All you got it. Of- there you go. That's dude, it. that's like I mean, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> this is a weird. Thing. I can come up with twenty things that binds all three of them. I, I said, give you multiple. I knew it's not a thing I'm asking on a first shot. How do you get multiple? All right, next question. That was a good one. All right, all right. So next question. This is our cattle baron steak question of the night. All right, I want to know your ultimate burger and i know you're a burger guy so i want to know your ultimate burger what do you put on that burger i know you were in a burger competition this past summer so what I, gotta, you- I, I gotta tell you i've made some sick burgers in my life yeah okay I, I really have but you know decorated nice and whatever but i ain't gonna lie and I, i've been dying to do it again and i haven't done it since i think the best burger i ever made was that for that camacho burger battle what was, was it? What was it? What was on? It was simple as shit. Everyone does simple, and I think that works too. It works. Yeah, I learned that because I'm the guy who wants to pack as much shit on burgers. Possible. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and all you do is you never taste nothing. You we, but that's a theme. A lot of people say they go simple, and I think that's a it good works. Thing. Yeah. The best burger. I've been yearning that burger and redoing that burger ever since that event. It was really simple. 
Evan Darnell hooked me up with a company that got me the right beef blend. So I can't even tell you I was right. You know, you want beef, you go to the Secretary of State. That's how that yep. goes. So we got the patties. We made them smash patties, thin ones, you know, very thin patties. One layer of American cheese on them. And then we had this truffle sauce that I, I used um, Hawaiian, King's Hawaiian pretzel bun. Mm. King, it was a bro. They have slider ones. You get the I didn't know they made pretzel buns. So they make pretzel buns. Bro, I hunted it down. You know how many stores I had to go to find them? Uh -huh. <laughs> Hawaiian makes a pretzel <laughs> hamburger bun. Not the sliders, but the hamburger bun. Right. All we did was we put that, and I got the truffle sauce from uh, the awesome guys at Potion in Motion who work with Erin Darnell, who do the Red Meat Lovers Club dinner. So uh, I got the sauce from them, homemade sauce. Uh, we Nothing but sea salt and pepper on the burgers. Two pieces of cheese. I, I, I so I had I had Chef Richard Culinary Flair, the guy who's a catering. Uh -huh. He helped me. He was my grill man. So he was just grilling the burger patties. And when they were done, he took the one patty, stacked it on the cheese of the, the other patty, and then he'd come with the spatula. And I had already coated the bottom of the pretzel bun with that truffle sauce, mm -hmm. and he dropped the patty on. We put the bun on, and then I just put a score with. Uh, one little pickle, or yeah, it was one little pickle, and a chunk of their sexy bacon. I don't know if you ever been remember the sexy bacon from any of the red meat lover club dinner. Yeah, oh yeah, oh I love that stuff. It's, yeah, it's the really yeah the appetizer bacon. Yep, yeah. it's like crack. I mean, oh, you might as well oh crack. So, and I just put a nice little chunk. So, as you're eating your burger, you can just take a little bite out of this little piece. Best burger I ever made. I've been dying to make that burger. Nice. Dying. Ah, uh, that sounds good. You did good, and I, and and I won. But you beat landslide. the burger beast, right? I you beat the burger beast by a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. It wasn't a landslide, but it was a pretty good spread. Nice, that's good. All right, so what I got to do? I got to do a couple of reads. These next segments are a lot shorter after this. Um, so I got to do some reads, and um, then we'll get into. I have some more rapid fire questions for you here. Yes, sir. All right. So, um, of course, I want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's Epicenter and now outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. Jerry Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf, is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. In 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son still bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, Aladino Classic, and each represent the Golden Age cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. You'd be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. A legacy is tasted in every drawer. And again, we want to mention Cavalier Cigars. Smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram or on Facebook at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneve, G-E-N-E-V-E. Uh, you want to get on their uh, their Instagram page where they have a lot of unique giveaways throughout the whole year. So visit your local tobacconist. Join the movement that has Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded by cigar lovers everywhere as high ratings by the Cigar Industry Plus. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold, stay gold. 
And we want to mention uh, Corona Cigar Company. Uh, Corona Cigar Company, they take fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars. The Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Drew Estate, Aganorso Leaf, and many more. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar is voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine and Cigar Aficionado wrote Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at their website or visit one of their Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And we're going to get into what we have is our Alec Bradley Live True segment. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live true. So we still have an Alec Bradley Live True segment, guys, just so you know. All right, Abe, I got some more. These are these are great smoke-specific questions here. Um, that's what These are like rapid-fire ones here. So what is your – and notice is like picking your children, Abe. Give me a single great smoke moment that stands out for you. Pete Hernandez falling off the ball. Oh, that was epic. Classic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. In fact, the story I heard is when somebody showed it to you, when you, Jeff from Corona Cigar, he, pa- you know, Jeff has a disorder. If he laughs too hard, he passes out. Like he almost passed out. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. If he laughs too hard, he could pass out. And he like literally almost passed He called me or texted me because I just, you know, I almost passed out. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny. You, 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 these attempts of him getting on there. And then what really makes it the funniest to me, and a lot of people don't see it when they watch it because they start laughing so hard is, you know, these two men, one of them is pretty old, after multiple attempts, finally and very shamefully haul Pete Hernandez, and this is the old Pete Hernandez, not yeah. the GQ and improved Pete Hernandez. But when they finally hauled him up on this bull, barely getting on and whatever, and then he gets up there for a millisecond. And falls right, <laughs> right off. The best part is, and the funniest thing is, is these guys were struggling now for like literally 10 minutes, 15 minutes. The reaction of the old man, the cowboy hat, he's not even looking at Peter Hernandez. He, it's over for him. He just starts looking at the crowd like, give him a hand. Everybody, give him a hand. Like, that was your ride. You're done. Right. That for me is the, if you guys Google it or find out, watch the old man when he finally falls off. It's the funniest part because you could, you could see him or I could feel his pain. Oh, no, we're not getting him up on this bull again. This is done. Everybody give him a hand. It's over. It's great. Great. That's the one of the funniest moments ever. Uh, I I I, I gotta agree with that. I gotta agree with that. All right. Now on the opposite end, what's something you want to do over that you've done at the T at TGS that like, yeah, this was a bad idea. That's a good question. I mean, you know. So I mean, we always look to improve. You know, um, the one year, so, I mean, like, I mean, so it wasn't our idea. So the first time we did it, they told us they watered down the sand. The sand's hard. People could walk on it. No, they couldn't walk on it. Women's shoes were going through this thing. Yeah. It was one. I mean, it really wasn't a bad idea. That was more of a learning experience. We, right, we, right. But, like, I mean, if I could really do everything over the first year we went to digital, the first year we went to digital, because 
everybody's heard the stories about people losing their tickets and flying down. It's like, you know, all right. So yeah, I got tickets for the Super Bowl. I fly to New Orleans to go to the Super Bowl. I right. show up at the gate. I tell them, oh, I left my tickets at home. What are they going to say? They're going to go screw myself, get lost. I mean, what are you going to do? But, you know, I don't have the heart. I didn't have the heart. So every year I go through this torment. And then we finally say, you know what? Let's just make it digital, man. No more mailing of tickets. We save on the postage there. No more losing tickets. No more. Pull it up on your phone, bro. Yep. You're good to go. So the first year we did that, we didn't quite really test the scanners well enough. We just quickly assumed right. that it would work well. And I'll never forget, one of the one of the things that people always complimented about us is when those doors open, everybody gets in pretty quick. Yeah. You know, oh, it was last year. It was incredible, by the way. Yeah. And it'll be better this year, you know, because yeah. we are. There was no line. Year. There was no line last year. It'll even be better this year. Yeah. So, um, it's one of the things, you know, I mean, nobody wants to wait in line, man. Just yeah. Try, yeah. Try to make it nice. So, the year we went to the scanners, I'll never forget, we had a tent on this side and a tent on this side. And I think General Mission was checking in here, VIP was checking in here. And um, the event had started and these scanners weren't working. They weren't working right. Everything was a slow process. And I'll never forget somebody in her comments like, bro, we need you up front. You got to see what the hell's going on here. So I get out there and I see a line like to forever. And we're like 40 minutes into this event. VIP people are still waiting in line. Mm-hmm. Usually there's only a few hundred VIP people. Right. Usually when we open a door, they're all in the building like in 30 seconds. They get an hour early. Right? Yeah. It's like we're, we're 30, 40 minutes in the event, and then like I see a, and if they haven't even all gotten in. I'm like, dude, general admission, this show's gonna be over, and these people are gonna still wait in line. Right. And I'm looking at this endless sea of line of people looking as far, and I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I'm just right. I'm sitting there in awe, and my mind is raking. And um I'll never forget my partner comes, you know, yeah, my partner is not a working partner, he owns stock in my company. And um, his, his dad helped me build the business, he believed in me, invested in me. Right. You know, Harry Jr. passed, his son Harry, his third and I are friends and brothers and basically family now. But right. he's coming like a rock star. You know, he's done nothing. You know, he's happy. He's excited. And he's all happy. And he's walking me. And then he wants to talk to me about something. <laughs> and I snapped at him. And I was like, do you not see what the fuck I'm looking at? Dude, I mean, I mean, and he's like, "Well, I just won't talk to you for the rest of the day." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm only okay with that." <laughs> and then we ran into each other later that night. We hugged, we laughed about, but I, I, and then I finally said, "You know what?" I called up uh, Intercom Operates. I said, "Listen, you got any extra bodies in the pit? Can't be busy there yet." Because yeah, I said, "Listen, grab me your two quickest people, find me an eight foot table, and meet me at the entrance ASAP." And I literally made a third mock-up station in between the two stations. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah. And all we had, no techno, just a table. We went and got boxes of the bags that everybody gets in the ticket books. And we sat them there. I told everybody in line, have your ticket out, have it ready, whatever. And we weren't even scanning them. Show me your ticket going. Show me your ticket going. Show me your ticket going. And we ended up getting everybody in like in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, literally. But that was like one of the most catastrophic moments, I think, of the Great Smoke. I mean, that could have been devastating. It was, sure. me, it was me, my operations guy, and two guys in the pit. The four of us cleared everybody out. But, you know, we didn't scan tickets. So technically, a guy could have went through, got, came in, but it, it wasn't important for me. I wanted to get everybody in. So you had a ticket. I just want to blame faith that you're going to be honest and not get back in line to get another bag. But, yeah, we just we got them all in. Nice. Nice. Good job. 
All right. This is another one. I guess it's like your favorite children, but I'll ask these next two are going to be like this. But most memorable interview with the Great Smoke, whether it was KMA or Digital Experience the last year, what was the one interview that kind of like, wow, that was gold? Out of all my years? Yeah. You know, the Digital Experience had very intimate interviews. I don't count any of the KMA stuff because it's just so chaotic. And right, right. Though, though the smoking of Matt Booth's beard is a memorable moment. That was, uh, I agree. You can't forget, you know, then we finally realized that you don't do KMA justice. You don't do the broadcast justice the morning of the Great Smoke. And I'm pulled in 20 different ages. It was good in theory, bad in concept. So I'm glad when we stopped doing it. Um, but I don't I haven't done the interviews last year or this year. Michael right. Stick, so I, I we did it the digital experience. So that's all I could really talk about as far as the Great Smoke. Okay. And um I think it's hard pressed to say any anyone was as moving as uh, Carlito talking to Carlito. Yeah, I, I, I remember I that, think one. that one. I think they're all fun. They're all interesting. Some more than others. But I think Carlito stole the show as far as interviews. Uh, yeah. Steve, Steve, Steve is Steve. What do you want? From Steve, Steve is Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's always going to be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, as far again, TGS releases. Is there one that like is your favorite or most memorable? No, you can't put me on that spot, bro. Let's go. <laughs> I, I gave you my sleeper. That's about as much justice. Okay, I okay, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll let you get away with that one. Yeah, I'll give you my sleeper. The, uh, all right. So I have three things. Um, I was gonna do one must go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change this to which is the favorite of the three things. So there's three things that I kind of remember besides the Matt Boost, um, and the um, besides Matt Boost and Peter Hernandez. I have you on the Segway in the parking lot. Lady M in the dunk tank, and Paul at the Spearmint Rhino booth. Which was the best of those three? Oh, dude, dude you missed the most epic one. How about Lady M getting body painted at the after party? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was number that. one. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that has to be number one. <laughs> Everybody was getting naked. That was that was a crazy year. That was not, I remember Consumer, that everybody was just getting body painted. Yeah, I, um, forgot, I forgot about that one, yes. Come on, do your uh, research, Coop. Uh, well, you know, that was, of... that was a very unusual after party in Great Smoke history. Yeah, it, was, it really was. Um, well, because when we had La, La Aurora, La Aurora that year sponsored, they had the, they had the painters there, yeah. yeah. And then what happened, those painters just stayed for the after party, and all of a sudden, everybody just started taking off their clothes, and getting body painted. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, well, well, already that was, that was a long okay. time. Ago. I want okay. to say it was two that was like 2013, I think. It was still when it was in the West Palm Beach park. West Palm Beach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I remember that. So, so that's number one. So you you want to know which is my favorite of the three you mentioned? Yeah, yeah. The, you won the Segway, which was classic. Lady M in the dunk tank. And Paul at the Spearmint Rhino booth. Uh, I got to go with Lady M. Yeah, I think so, too. How do you not go with Lady M? Yeah, she was a good, she was a good you're, sport too that day. You're putting me and Paul compared to Emily, so I, I got to go. <laughs> Trump every time. I love that girl. Yeah, that's nah, good. All right, so you have had a lot of personalities at the Great Smoke. Is there one cigar industry personality who has never gone to the Great Smoke that you would like to see at the Great Smoke? No. Okay. I think everybody I've asked. I mean, and you know, listen. Fortunately, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's fortunately, is we just we, we end up turning people away, uh-huh. especially now that we've got back a few booths. So, I, I've never really invited. Um, so 
There have been people early on who have said no because they just weren't ready. Michael Herklot said no. Of course, we invited him to have the booth, but he's just not right. ready for it. So he's right. being nice for the dinner. Um, so, but I don't take it like, oh, I, I, I can't. I, I don't. I get it sometimes. Listen, there was a vendor here. I'll let you all figure it out for themselves. I literally told them, don't do the great smoke. Yeah. I'm begging you, don't do it. No, I want to. I'm begging you, don't do it. You're just not ready for it. You have no idea. And he, he's been a nightmare. And I have a checkoff list of 32 companies when they're done completing all the stuff. We're still waiting for him. He's like literally the last one. I'm two weeks away <laughs> for the rent. I, you know, I told you so. I told him he owes me, he owes me a signed five dollar bill. So I mean, you know, it, it's not just about getting people, right? It's about getting the people who are going to be the most positive for the event. To get somebody there who doesn't really want to be there, they're not mingling, they're not excited about meeting people from all over the country, or or they send a rep and they, you got one guy behind a table who just hands out a cigar and whatnot. I don't want that. I, I'd rather have less amount of companies and guys who come excited, wanting to make cool shit and have fun and intermingle and be part of it. And I think that's what we've got to kind of narrow down to. I mean, and 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 look, we're going to look at it every year annually. And because look, I, I need to have fresh people in there. You gotta get yeah. we, we do business with a lot of people, so we're just gonna look. And look, I've already told one company, "Don't be mad next year when I don't invite you." Oh wow! Oh, I'm telling you now, don't be mad because I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that drama next year. Right? You barely made it this year. You screwed everything up. I love you. We're still gonna do business, but this great smoke is a whole other thing. It really requires effort. Yeah. And obviously, you you're not up to it. So please, don't be mad next year. We're friends. Probably not going to invite you next year. Um, and, and that's how we look at it. So um, it's funny because I think you're a second or third person. Fortunately, my tenure in this industry, my reputation, uh-huh. my relationships, I don't think anyone really says no because it's not an event they want to do. The only time we've ever said no is logistics. Some smaller companies yeah. can't afford it. I mean... With the cutting back of booze, I got a lot of slack this year because up until this year, this is the first year ever, nobody has more than one booth. The bigger companies like Altus, Drew Estate, uh, Perdomo, they've always taken multiple booths because they have a lot of brands. You know, yeah. uh, yep. Davos would take multiple booths, you know, but when, when Room 101 was with them, so they have one for Room 101, one for Camacho. Um, but we, we're just cutting it back. So that we get more people in. So, um, yeah, I don't think we have that problem. And I think every year we'll just look and the two people who probably who we feel the great smoke doesn't really benefit them that much or they're not into it, don't bring it. We'll hopefully find new blood that will be excited and hopefully you know rise up to it because we've set the standard up now so high, especially with the virtual and live. Because now we make a catalog book. So you really got to know what you have and, and what you want to sell that day. Make sure you have it in stock. Yeah. for the event and it, it, it's it's a little bit more of a thought process now it's not just hey let's just show up with cigars and sell them mm-hmm. you know rocky mountain Fe- cigar festival is great they don't do shit they tell the manufacturer bring what you want yeah. they just show up with a bunch of shit sell it whenever they sell they pay rocky mountain cigar or rocky mountain cigar festival takes a report and pays them so really super simple ours is a little more complicated so um you know uh yeah i i, I at this point, especially at the level of the event, I don't think anyone's not doing the event because they don't want to. You know, some of them may not do it because they just can't handle it yet. They're not ready for it yet. Right, right. All right. All right. This next question you've kind of already answered, but I'll just kind of get your take on it anyway. So there's talk about the PCA moving into late March, early April next year. I mean, 
any concerns with TGS with that? I think I know the answer with that based on what we talked about earlier. No, our, it's gonna be in February next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that that's why. Yeah, when you that's why. Yeah. Yeah, it's so gonna you'll, be you'll, February yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wasn't sure if it was a March thing. That's why I was asking that. So I think PCA is gonna be in April. I think that's the plan. Well, I think it's. I, I think, don't. Is it next year? or The year after? It's next year. Next year, okay. Well, that's what that's what the um uh, that's what the word on the street is. Let's just say that they have not announced that yet. I really feel bad for these guys. All the effort, all the bullshit, trying to kind of, and you're gonna get the same percentage of people who are just gonna bitch and complain about I, it. I, I yeah. I've been saying this from day one. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Anybody who's worried about what time of the year yeah. the trade show is probably really doesn't need to be there. No, they'll find it. They'll, if they'll the trade show is in January. I'm gone. If it's in February, I'm gone. If it's yeah. in March, I'm gone. If it's in April, I'm going. If it's in May, <laughs> is it any more convenient any other month than any other month? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if and if you need to time a convention to work around your business cycle, what I mean, it's irrelevant. Yeah. I'm going. To, I'm going to the trade show because I want to go to the trade show, wherever it is, whatever city it's in, where it's at. If you're worried about all the other stuff, then you're not really going. You're not going because of the trade show. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. And I can come up with every month a reason why a retailer can't go to the trade show. I don't care what months you pick. You're gonna have half the people pissed off. This you're gonna have spring break. You're gonna have There's spring break Easter. Cold. Yeah, is, man. People Close just like the masters. Spring. Trust me. Wait till they wait till they do it right near the masters. I I can't wait for that to happen because because <laughs> Charlotte, it's like all the retailers that those lounges are filled with masters watching masters. I can't wait there for that are, one. There are people who have somehow managed to make complaining like oxygen. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how to survive without yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, complaining is just part yeah, of their yeah, yeah. life cycle and DNA makeup. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's your last question of the night, Abe. And we'll, we'll let you go. Um, I know this is the Marty, the theme's Mardi Gras, but if you had a, if you were doing a reality show on the making of the Great Smoke and the Great Smoke itself, what would this year's reality show title be? Hmm. All quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> for, for all you literary, literary classic knowledgeable people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, all quiet on the Western Front. Because really, it's kind of been all quiet. We had a couple of catastrophes, a little boxing, a little packaging issue with Rafael Sodar, with Cigar, which, by the way, listen, we dropped it last night. I'm telling you, man. I've, I mean, I hate to say it like that. Rafael's been on my show. I've known him back since uh, Oliveros and whatnot, but. I've gained so much more respect for Raphael in the last three years. I mean, what amazing. a job he's done. What a job he's Not done. What a job he's done. Just his involvement in stuff like our kind of sewer club and, and yep. watching him and talking to him in the background, seeing the effort. Not just, yeah, we're going to get you 600 cigars, man. He really, yep. really put hard on it. It's one of the reasons why it inspired me to have him to even ask me to do a TGS cigar this year. Didn't, I don't think Monte Cristo has ever made a small run batch. Oh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So this is, this is the first one. And for him to do it, and then last night during our broadcast, he said, look, we haven't released it yet. It's going to come, so I can't talk about it yet. But anybody who buys, if able, you know, this is a class act, if able will allow me. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. But if able will allow me, anybody who buys one of these TGS releases, I would like to send you one of these cigars. It's going to be the most expensive Monte Cristo. I think he said that, the most expensive Monte Yeah, yeah I, I know what he's talking about, and yeah. 
I'm going to send you guys one of these cigars. It's class act. So, so um, that just dropped last night. So I, there's still some in the store. And uh, if you have, if you got a TJ stick holder and you haven't had a chance, go check it out. Watch it. Watch the podcast from last night. It was really, always a great interview having Raphael on. Yeah. He, I, I spent, like I said, I spent a lot of time when I pro cigar and he, I, I know some of the issues and he felt legitimately bad about it i can just tell you that he was like wanting to make this right by you so he did he did it was yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was an honest misunderstanding. yeah he, yeah and it wasn't like he said tough luck to you he actually no 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 and and um the only difference is, is that those cigars didn't ship out today which normally all went out they'll probably right. go out sometime between the 16th and the 21st when they arrive yep all good all good yeah but uh no it was good so, Abe, uh, once again, thank you very much for being on tonight. I know we kept you late, and I know you've had a, you're really getting into the nitty gritty of this thing. I know it's late. Everybody, the house is dark. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's gone. Yeah. Everybody's we, gone. They've left. But, they shut the lights and went to bed. We do appreciate it um, yes. as well. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Um, we will have most of the cigar crew. The, Aaron won't be there, but we'll have the, most of the rest of the crew will be coming in. So, we'll, uh, Aaron, you're, you ever come down to one? I've never been to one. You gotta come I, will, next year. I will change that. I will change your ticket, that. Soon. Your tickets on me. Come next year. No, I appreciate that. I, yeah. I may take you up on that. Thank come you. next year, man. Next year, I mean, dude. I, you know, here's how crazy it is. It's really become. It's it's now more than okay. So it's definitely an all year round job now. Right. I mean, we already have art. We already know shit we're doing. I'm actually got a meeting Tuesday for the swag for 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, but we already have the theme for 2025 now. Oh wow! I, yeah, yeah, we already know, but I'm super excited about next year's theme. Okay. It's gonna be cool because it's one of those ones where there's a lot I could do with it. And that's yeah. kind of the, for 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 me. I don't know if this is one of your questions, but that was the changing force of the Great Smoke, in my opinion. Once we incorporated actually making these themed events, I love it. I love it. It's transcended. Yeah. It's transcended. I mean, listen, the first one we did was the, the 70s one, right? The disco one, yep. Right. And it was fun. And it was cool. But it was our first year. Yep. And we had some stand-ups of Farrah Fawcett's and some 70s people. The band was rocking, the Club 54 band. and But, you know, but shit, last year with the Volcanoes. And I'm telling you, the, we're just getting better and better at putting on a production. Yeah. I, I, with what we've done and what we've known now and – with the theme is next year, it's gonna be badass next year. I'm, I'm already cool. excited about next year. Nice. Oh, awesome. So Abe, thank you very much. Uh I'll be talking to you tomorrow as we prep for KMA. And uh sure. I know we have a pretty cool show this weekend. So uh definitely you, people are gonna want to tune in for that. Yes. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Anytime. Hey, Abe, hey, I'm gonna hold you to that first one on the NFT. So. <laughs> <laughs> Done deal. I'm telling you. As soon as we know the day. I, 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 I know. I can count on you. All right. No Abe, you have, you have a good night. Say hi to the family. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. See you. All right. So that is the one and only Abe DeBabna of uh, Smoke In. So Aaron and I are going to do one more segment um, where we're going to talk about the media coverage. of, And Aaron's going to beat me up on this. So this is going to be pretty cool. Uh, I got beat up on this today on my article on the uh, what was wrong with the media coverage from TPE this year. So. Uh, but first, we're going to do a uh, word from our sponsors here. And I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. 
Jason Newman is headquartered in an iconic 111-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elra Hole, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand in hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, the American. J.C. Newman's Pensive Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, where it's Brickhouse, Pelo de Mar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans have founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You could try the Casa Cuevas core lines, including the latest release, the Sangre Nueva. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our... Uh, our industry talk deliberation segment sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the half look consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Carita Tricky Chaka and number one in 2022 with the Mi Carita Saka Khan. You can visit DTT Scouts to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, so Aaron, I uh, this has been a very big topic. I know we've, we've we've been bantering this one back and forth. So I figured, why not just just float out on the air? And I actually put an article <laughs> out on Coop today, and I got a lot of shit on it already. Um, yes, I. So I was not a TPE this year, mm-hmm. but you know, but I wanted to consume information from the TPE trade show, right. and I was counting on Cigar Media to deliver that. Now I'm gonna. Aaron, you are not, you cover the show differently. Okay. So this is not, you're not in this category. Right. You're kind of, you're there for other reasons, which I think are valid reasons. And you do a great, by the way, the recap show was fantastic on Monday. I think you guys did a great job. And a lot of the things that I complained about, I think were addressed somewhat in in the recap show. Okay. Good. So, and, but we can, we can, we can banter on those back and forth. But I came up with five things that I thought was missing from Cigar Media's TPE coverage this year. And this is not saying that anyone did a bad job on what they delivered content-wise. There was a lot of hard work put into it. I get it. But there were five things that I was looking for that I did not get this year. And I was was disappointed. So so the first one, I felt the vibe of the trade show wasn't captured at all this year. I couldn't get a feel for this trade show. I got interviews. I got some, some, you know, there was a half wheel did some product reports, but, and we'll get to the products in a sec. But for the most part, I didn't feel like I got a feel for that trade show. And I'll put some of this on Cigar Media and I put this on manufacturers as well. And I've had, I've had conversations with two or three manufacturers already mm-hmm. saying, I don't know what you guys, I didn't see your booths. You guys are telling me you invested all the, in these booths. I didn't see this. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned it to I know quality importers, Espinosa and Drew State. I actually mentioned right. this to Jonathan. Um and and none of them argued with me, but I kind of thought maybe Cigar Media would pick that up. I didn't pick that up. Am I wrong on this? So let me ask you a question first. So how how would you have gotten the the vibe of the show otherwise? Like what do you what what would be able to present that to you? Like 
has there been other shows that you didn't attend that you felt like you got that information? Yes. And what was, um, what, what kind of things were those that well, shared, for, that well, showed that for you? I'll give you a couple. I mean, I'll use the dojo guys as an example. I got that, for example, the walkthrough of the trade show floor. I didn't see anyone do walkthroughs of the trade show floor this year. Okay. I didn't see enough of the booths this year. I didn't see enough of the activity going on at the booths this year. Okay. Um, so I kind of want to say I'm, I'm trying to experience the trade show. I know it's not the same as being there, but I want to kind of experience that. I didn't feel I got that from anyone this year. Okay. So you want kind of like a, a Google Streets view of the trade show floor? Maybe a Google Streets view of the trade show floor, but at a minimum, walk through some of these booths that were well, some of the bigger booths. I know some even walk through the pavilions. I, I don't right. I don't know who was in the pavilion unless I watched an interview who wasn't. How is the pavilion being received? Okay. Um, how was you know, Altidus had a very interesting booth set up. I know from talking to Raphael, they had a barber there. Yep, yep. Um Drew State had the bridge back, right? Yep. And I only knew that from talking to Jonathan, by the way. Right. And on. So I mean, I didn't see those types of things this okay. year. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's those taking taking photos. I mean, uh we have photos of everything, like but we weren't yep. we weren't like publishing or anything like right, that. Right. So um yeah, I can I could share with you all of John's photos he did i pretty much took photos of everything that was there so yeah no and um, it's, yeah. it's like i said your your objectives are different so this is not yeah. a, a, an indictment on yeah uh, i can see help. that i mean there was um i would say there was uh obviously it was less media than what we traditionally see at pca um in regards to some of the brands like you guys weren't there dojo wasn't there things like that so some of those some of the entities that do bring that kind of information out um weren't in attendance so you're gonna, gonna miss some of it like that uh but there was a decent amount of media there um uh and i think as time has gone on we've seen like you know more uh youtubers instagrammers there um and they're probably what are YouTubers sharing content. Instagrammers? what are youtubers and instagrammers that was another question i had uh definitely instagrammers uh john and i met um a woman that's kind of just getting started uh, uh -huh. and she seemed to be doing content um that's out there uh -huh. Um, so, uh, you know, I think they're there, um, but it's just, I think finding them or, you know, if they're not on your radar, you don't really know where to, where to find that at. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was part I think of there, the There is some of that out there. So okay, it's probably right. available. You just okay. have to do a little bit of searching. Yeah. If it's not your regular kind of source. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I understand too, that like, like in a half of guys, they, they do a very good job, but they're not doing the same depth of coverage in this show. They're not investing the same because I wouldn't invest the same in this as well yeah, i think they were just going to booths talking yeah. they were not doing video interviews yeah. or anything like that so and, and i'm going to be very honest on my end because i did these two festivals i didn't do a good job of capturing the vibe of these festivals that's what i came out of this i have that's if i go back to any of these festivals next year that's kind of like my goal is how am i going to cap because i don't feel i delivered that either so i'm i'm as guilty of that with the festival piece is what i'm going to say yeah uh, look I'll, I'll i'll say it this way uh and i'll It'll give you some insight as to why we don't cover the show like some other people think right. maybe the media should cover it is that um, it, it is a lot of work and you are taking yourself out of the event by covering the covering. The oh, event. oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, you know, um, I think you have to weigh in. Uh, you know, am I am I strictly working or am I going to do I want to enjoy myself as well? Yeah, and that's kind of where you have to kind of get in there. I, I know the half guys when they're at PCA, like they're constantly running around, like they're 
really not, I think, enjoying themselves. Um, they're not there for, you know, having uh, a few days of, you know, fun and stuff like that. I think they're no. really, yeah. um, you know, focused on collecting all that information that they need to share yep. and they're doing a lot of stuff. So, uh, you know, news is not something that we really do at Development Palace. I mean, we'll post press releases, but we're right. not rewriting articles or anything like that. So, um, you know, Yes, we're, we are doing work like we're, you know, relationship building and learning about new products and, you know, meeting companies that we haven't met before, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think we also want to um, find the find the trip enjoyable as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're, we, we're not going to be yeah, we're not gonna be going back to the back to the hotel room, processing videos, writing up articles all night and stuff like that. That's just not what we want to do. Um, so um, I think, you know, and that's what we we're trying to talk to everybody, see everything that we can so that after the event, we can kind of do that recap show and feel like we've talked to enough people and seen enough things that we can have a, a you know, a very engaging discussion that encompasses most all of what was happening at that time. So um, it's just a different way to do it. People may agree one way or the other, but I think we want to feel like we are, you know, enjoying ourselves and we want to go back um, because we're not going to make, you know, we're not making money off of, we're not really making money off of uh, doing any kind of coverage or anything like that. So I'm not going to break my back um, to do that for, for no return. So. Um, no, it's a, absolutely. I, yeah. I agree with you on that. You know, and I think there's, there's a lot, I, I think what you guys do is something I don't do with these trade shows, which is glossed in there. Now with the bigger team, I'm able to do it a little better, but like yeah. when I was doing a solo, like, or small two people, it's impossible. With four people, it's, it's now it's a little better. I've been able to do some of that the last couple of years, but I agree with you. But I don't have fun doing it. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I mean, work. It's work. We're, we're stressed out, especially in these videos. We have to back them up and stuff. That that's been a stressful thing the last two years. So, yep. um, and it's like we we weren't going to do it for two shows, but um, but yeah, I think that's something I have to do on the um, on the festival end. Like that's what I took is I I, I didn't capture the vibe either of it. So right, uh, I'm not I'm throwing stones, but at the same time I, I I'm telling you I was guilty of it this year, and, and it was kind of something that I I kind of realized I have to do. Right. All right. So the second one, um, products. I just felt there was no emphasis on products this year by anybody. Yeah. It just seemed it was it was lost. I mean, um, the half wheel guys were the closest ones who did it. Um, yeah. but for the most part, I, I didn't see everyone's more concerned about personality interviews. Yeah. And I just felt like going back to the vibe, the personality interviews were very similar to just getting the guy on a show and doing it. So yeah, so, I, I yeah. can see that. I was disappointed with that one. I, I, I think that's just maybe the, the trend that media has taken. Um, I think that's what gets more viewership. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the details of the, unfortunately, and I, I this kind of goes a lot deeper than that, even is that cigars aren't that important anymore. So I, I think you're right. I think you're hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I'm still the guy who wanted to learn about these products. Um, yep. and there were about, there were about 10 products I learned about, um, you know, just, uh, I half will showed some and a few others. I talked to folks, so I'm still kind of putting up some stuff that like I've talked to the folks on, but yeah, it was, it just, now I'm talking manufacturers. Yeah. It just, to me, it was a miss. Now taking those first two things, this is mm -hmm. kind of the third one. And this is kind of related to the vibe and the related to the product. And I think you guys did this on your show. Well, this was the first thing I, I didn't get a good sense for how premium cigars stacked in versus the non-tobacco products. 
Right. And I didn't get a sense for these new convenience store products that were in there. I just got no sense. Like, what what is the new world order in terms of the pecking order right now? Is is premium cigars on the downswing? Are they on an upswing? Are they level? And how did these other how did these other areas do with the trade show this year? Yeah, I mean the cigar space grew, uh, but the other space grew even more. So right. I'm, the, the percentage might be equal, but based on how the size was already skewed towards the non cigar right. products, it just makes it look even bigger. Like we talked on the show, like to walk from the cigar area, which is up front. Um, to get to the food court, which is in the back. And there was some other uh, food areas that were kind of mixed in, which was nice. Uh, but we went all the way to the back. I, I don't ever remember the walk being that long. It was just, it, we were going forever to get to the back. So there is a ton of space. And I think it's just, uh, I think that's based on uh, just kind of where we are in regards to, you know, cigars is something that's been around for a long time. And uh, the government wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. So the regulation has been crazy. All these other products now are like at the way earlier stages of where tobacco was, you know, maybe centuries ago. Like, like it's great. Like this is all fun. So like that, there's no, nobody really looking at it. And, you know, everybody's in there to make money as quickly as they can sell their products that, you know, they get cut out, they go to something else, but like, it's just the wild west over there. And that's where all the money is and things like that. So, right. In the show, yes, the cigars are kind of secondary, but it, it, there was still growth to it um, from the previous year. What about these snack products and these convenience store products? I didn't they, see I, a single one. Um, it seemed I mean, like there was probably a, there. Yeah. But like I said, I didn't walk the entire other area, but we walked all the way down one aisle and then kind of all the way back another section. I didn't, I couldn't see anything that was not the same kind of things that we had seen previously where it's uh you know um vape stuff it's glassware it's um gummies cbd stuff uh all kinds of those types of things i didn't see anything that was uh the things i was actually looking for like the like snacks or drinks or anything like that i didn't you know i just couldn't find those uh on my pass through so like i said that's something i did i didn't so I'm tearing it now, but I, I didn't get that from anybody. I mean, and that was yeah. a big thing they talked about. Like this show was going to be, this is the total product expo this year. Right. So where was this, you know, and I kind of, I didn't get a sense of that. You know, it just seemed like most people were, I get cigar media is focused on their core competency, but I, I kind of right. wanted a, a more of a macro view of this this year. That's the yeah. closest I've gotten to the macro view between that and what you guys talked about on the yeah. show on, on, on Monday night. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and like, I, I, I don't, fault any cigar media for not even broaching across the aisle or the other side of the carpet or covering any of that stuff no i don't Um, think they should but i wanted the macro view of it yeah so i mean anybody that hears that that's not a i don't think that's a criticism it's just no it's not who knows that i like to take a pass through and kind of see what's going on yeah give a, a bit of insight so right and that's i think what i was looking for and i yeah, I'd like to see multiple people just kind of I mean, a couple of years ago. We were getting that, though. Uh, a yeah. lot of people were doing that. So and I know, like, because well, I remember we did that show with Jeff, uh, right. the recap show with Jeff. And, yep. and I was there that year. Yeah. So and I remember there was a lot of talk. I talked a lot about the red and the blue carpet that year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I got but last year I got less of it. This year I got like none of it is what I thought. Yeah, that may be that the cigar side is getting busier. And there's more people there actually to mm-hmm. talk to because 
when we went and what was it 20 that we went right uh it was still pretty light on the cigar side like you couldn't you it couldn't was, make three, you couldn't make three days worth of no like, full-time work over there right so you have plenty you had plenty of time to kind of browse around so yeah uh, but no. i think now with the, it continuing to grow like there's there's more there's more conversations to be had in the cigar area that maybe you're you know you don't spend uh you don't have as much downtime that you want right. to branch out right okay all right these next two are probably the more controversial ones and and, mm. and actually the fifth one charlie and i debated a bit on it today but let's go to the first one um so i felt Again, the, when I went there in 2020, the first booth I went to was the Cretech booth because they're hosting right. the show. Yeah, nobody went to the Cretech booth. Yeah, and to me, I want and and it was, when I went there in 2020, that's when I came out of it as saying Ventura is done. Like they're done with Ventura because there was yeah. nothing. Like, we'd already known they they had let some people go, but I remember like Benjamin had moved into a new job already at that point, and I, I learned yeah. about all that from moving into going into the Cretech booth, I, I kind of just want to, I wanted to see more about what, where's uh, Cretech seems like they're trying to get back into some of these um, premium cigars. They did the, um, they did that series with Altidus in general. Yeah. Um, I wanted, there's never interviews with anyone like hosting the show. And I think they probably would give time for interviews. You know, I'm talking about the Cretech people who run the show. There was none of that. And I felt that was a big miss again i kind of wanted to just see getting they're the host company i'm really curious to see that's like covering you know a uh a baseball game and not talking about the home team i, I that was just me on that i didn't i didn't get that yeah I'll, I'll disagree with you in regards to that um if you walked in there not knowing that they ran the show you wouldn't know that they ran the show Right, you wouldn't but go the, in there. And but know. media should know they run the show. That's no, point. I understand that. But uh, you also wouldn't know who, who who to talk to, or nobody would know who you're talking to if you go into that booth. See, that's I, I understand. Well, okay, I disagree. Here's what I'm gonna disagree. At least the there is a contact that I deal with at at, at Cretech, um a lot, and she invited me to. She's invited me to the booth. I mean. I mean, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I got to meet Rachel for the first time this year. Yeah. So um, they encourage us to come to. I mean, I'm assuming yes. other people were encouraged to go to the booth. Is what I'm right. saying. So but yeah, you did your job as as a relationship. So there there was someone in the booth. I'm just saying that. Yes. You, yes, there was someone in the booth, but he, uh, I'll give you a sense. Right. Tons of business going on in there. I, I still I still don't understand you know, whatever, whatever the business is that's going on in there. But these cigars are just, um, you know, there's cigars from Altidus and there's cigars from General. They have a secondary band on them saying whatever it is. Right. Right. They have some new accessories that are just stock products for, that everybody else has that just has their own names to them. Right. Like it's, this is, um, I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a cold, it's a cold solution. That that's a good way to put it. I, so, I agree with that. Yes. Um, From my, how I look, there's 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 nothing exciting about what was happening on the premium cigar side in that booth. So it's just like, hey, these uh, this cutter and this lighter that you can see at the register at every cigar shop in the country. We have them too. We sell them too. Right. 
Um, and, you know, these cigar brands that you've seen in every catalog, we have them with our band, our secondary band on them. So you can buy them from us too. Right. It's like, there's, that's, uh, I mean, it's it, the least exciting thing at the, uh, on the cigar side was in that booth. <laughs> but if you're doing, if you're doing all these, I mean, I still think there was something to get out of that booth. If you're doing interviews, it. sure. Yeah. Maybe you want to yeah. stop in there and do that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was, there was, there was nothing really there. Yeah. I mean, the question, the questions that were on my mind were, okay, so now Ventura is dead and yeah. now you have this Phillips and King, what is it, reserve collection? I think it was, is Phillips and King now kind of doing the same thing again? I know there's a new marketing guy they brought in. Um, the other question I had is, you know, the publications, there's been big changes to that Cretic publications, most notably tobacco business. I kind of want to maybe understand a little bit of that too. I, I didn't feel I got that part either. Yeah. So that again, that was just, you know, and again, this is me who looking from the outside. These are things I was looking to see that I didn't get right. out of it. Yeah. 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 Um, and then in, in, on the flip side of the coin, in fairness to what you say, Aaron, it may not be of interest to a lot of audience either. So I, I'll give you that. I, yeah. I would, I would say that, um, so the two people I know that were really doing interviews that I saw doing kind of stuff was how about that cigar and uh, smoking tobacco, right? Right. Um, I could 100% see that nobody in their audience would care one bit about that booth. So maybe they didn't want to waste a cycle on it. You know, that's a, that's I, a so, okay. That's a fair thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if they can go talk to Altidus directly, uh, if they can go talk to uh, STG directly, that's going to be. I think yeah. that'd be far more interesting talking to. Uh, you know, Justin, uh, Sean over at Forge, like that would be a much more interesting conversation than covering the product in the in the PK no, booth. But I guess I'm kind of curious how crowded was the booth? Is there still a lot? Of oh, the, go booth, to the booth's crowded. I mean, yeah, I don't under I don't I don't understand the concept of what all they do. Like, if somebody sat me down for five minutes, I'm sure I'd understand it. But yeah, like I don't really follow with what's going on. But they're they were busy. They were always busy. Okay. So. Okay. Um, nothing to say that it was like an empty booth, but right. and every show I've been, every version of TPE I've been to, they've always been busy. So you know they're they're doing a ton of business, but it's yeah. just that we and we know this. Just over time, they have continually, like ever since um, Kevin left over there, yeah, they well, have was, been. It has been a cigar desert. So yeah, well, Kevin Kevin really kind of jumps. Then he went to El Artista. Yeah. Um, he really jump started that brand. I mean, that yeah. was all, uh, you know, the project, uh, was it the 805? 805, 805, Psycho 7. Psycho 7. That yeah. was really a lot. Of, and then Michael came in, but he really wasn't there long enough, I think, to kind of right. get that, that thing legs, yeah. um, either. So, and like I said, when I went in 2020 and we had heard about, they were cutting back at Ventura. It was so obvious when there was like one little kiosk of Ventura products and, and yep. there was more Drew Estate, you know, and all to this product. So, you know, it kind of got them that, you know, with that. Yeah. All right. Now, the last one I know you disagree with me on, and, and Charlie disagreed <laughs> with me on this one, okay? I felt La Aurora was a big story this year. Right. And we could get it. Charlie brought some points up, which I'll get into. And I, mean, I understand what he's saying, but I don't agree with it. And this is where I kind of just said, this is where I just scratched my head, right? So this is not to pick on Don Doroteo, all right? Yeah. Um, this is not to pick on Garrett and anything. I, I like the fact that Cigar Media went and talked to Don Doroteo. We're, we're hearing a lot more about them. And 
I think there's an interesting story behind behind this brand, and I think it's something to certainly watch. And we have a friend in Garrett who could certainly yeah. um, be a good conduit there. So I'm not. This is not like oh, you shouldn't have covered Don Dorotea. But Don Dorotea was an, a La Aurora brand, a La Aurora made product, and no one covered a La Aurora. And I'm like, right. I'm like, La Aurora is it, it, they're getting ready to launch in the U.S. Yeah. Um. So let me just give you a little background on, on how I kind of got to this point. And then I know you're going to have some counters on. So I was in the airport and I ran into the La Aurora guys at the airport, uh, Willie Marante and Ed McKenna, who's the CEO. Yeah. And, you know, I was just talking to him because, and, and they told me that they had uh, their national sales manager on the ground at TPE. And I, and I talked to them, but they were, they had commitments uh, with Guillermo pro cigar. And that's why they were there. Yeah. Um, and they felt, you know, Hey, let the sales guy handle that. Um, but I, again, I saw no one talk about La Aurora. Now, now Charlie brought up a fair point. There wasn't a La Aurora booth and I knew that. Okay. Right. They were, it, they were they're still in the Miami cigar booth because yep. the change hasn't finalized yet. But, and he's like, well, how can people know? I said, well, they sent out a press release saying they were in the Miami cigar booth. Yeah. So they sent, they, they announced that they were going to have a product there. And in fact, I was told that the La Aurora 120, uh, which, which I just smoked was going to be uh, was going to be ordered there. That, that's uh-huh. what, it wasn't displayed there. They were they were doing right. it at Pro Cigar first. I, I just felt it was a mess. I felt like why why wasn't Cigar Media at least going over there and and, and having a conversation? Because I I just get some basics on this conversation at least. I mean, and the answer is that well, if they're not going to, they didn't go to Miami Cigar Booth. <laughs> so yeah, so I yeah, think I'll have to go there for an interview certainly. Yeah, I think that um, that booth's been a tough one for a few years. Um, for my experience, right? If I don't know, if I don't really know somebody in there, it's hard for me to have to get it to get oh. FaceTime with somebody in that booth. Right. Um, you know, Gabriel used to work with them, and we could get some access. Right? He's back though with them, Miami. Yes, but now he's with Miami. But Laura is kind of doing that split right so, right right but he's not gonna um, do La Aurora, yeah yeah so um and then uh nate mcintyre was in there for a little while so i had you know i had Weird it, nate, it was yeah. nate so right. not knowing anybody um i've met jason a, a few times um but we like anytime i interact with him it's almost like it's the first time we were meeting again like i never, never had a, like a lengthy conversation with him to like really you know right. that we can keep you know keep a name and a face uh together but right um it's just not, it, there's nothing about that booth that's really welcoming to the media, I don't think. Um, so I think that might be a struggle for the media. Um, you know, sometimes you have, you know, sometimes you have to determine like, can I get into this booth? Can I get somebody I can talk to that's willing, that wants to talk to me? You know, they may want to sell and they don't want to talk to media that, you know, sometimes you can get that kind of a, a reception. Um, and that's, you know, that's entirely possible that that's what occurred in this case. Uh, you know, I don't know who this sales guy is at La Aurora, so I don't know, you know, I wouldn't be able to pick him out or anything like that. And I don't typically go into a booth and say, hey, you know, I'm here for the media, you know, can I talk to somebody kind of a thing? Um, just because, I don't know, I'm, I just don't do it. But, um, okay. you know, sometimes we'll just walk over, we want to take some pictures, someone will come up and say, hey, and like, there's a little bit of that kind of interaction. I'm all for that. Um, but I, I just typically don't go in and camp out and, you know, try to get somebody to to spend time with me if they're not, you know, kind of eager to do so. So, okay. I can see that. I think there's a couple of points I'll make on that. Uh, well, let me just make one point first and, and I'll put some of this on La Aurora too. 
they 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 didn't really do a good job on this piece, okay? Because right. if if they and, and maybe maybe the answer was they're not ready to talk about because of the, but I think they are right. from talking to I, honestly when I when I talked to Ed and Willie. I think they were ready to talk to people, but they just didn't do a good job at socializing that. They right. should have been real. Maybe it's because they had one person there. That could yeah. be a fair thing too. Um, right. But the other point I'll just make is I think media's job is particularly the people who are covering the trade show from the floor. Yep. Maybe yep. not the way you're doing. Try to use that to build a relationship. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think you you can. Yeah. In, in the end, you're gonna look, and this is nothing against Don Dorte. They could be the next big brand, right? right. But. La Herrera is a, a much more historic brand there. And, and to kind of ignore it, I just I, I wanted something more out of that. And I, I didn't feel I got that either. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. But I'll kind of flip it around and say that, yeah. you know, if if you wanted to start talking about it, this was the show to do it. Uh, you know, the yeah, the, I mean, that's what I would have. I would have probably the number been all of cycles that, yeah. that the media needs to spin on uh, on that air, the cigar area is not high. So uh-huh. there's time for it. Like we had two appointments the entire three days, right? Uh, it just isn't, it's not that kind of a show that you need we, to set appointments and meet, right. meet all these at, at specific times. It's, you could pretty much, you know, get everybody whenever you want. Uh, you know, you go by, if they're talking to somebody, you just go to the next booth and come back and you'll you'll find a time. So um, yeah, if Laura was ready and they, you know, one sales guy, I don't think that fits. Like if he's going right. to, he, if they think they're going to be busy enough selling that he, he's going to be, spun up the whole time talking to people and selling. So, um, but, uh, look, dealing, dealing with the media is one of the easiest things that you can do in the cigar industry. Uh, I'll say that now. It doesn't it, take it, a lot. It's free. It's free. All you have to do is send an email. Right. Say, hey, if you're coming, I'd like to ch- yeah. chit chat with you for a couple of minutes. If you can stop by the booth, if we can set up an appointment, that's great. Whatever it is. But if you could just, I mean, Yes, there's probably there's a ton of media outlets out there, and the landscape's probably crazy. But if you spend some time, or you talk to somebody, a colleague in the industry, they could probably point you to a nice group of ten, right? That you want to start out with. Yeah, like it's it's the simplest thing. Like just really, just say shoot an email. I mean, you got the list of of media that's attending probably from TPE. You can at least browse through that and say, hey, we're just going to send out an yeah. email blast. Come up with a love to, you come by the booth. We just want to say hi, whatever it is. Like, if you just sent that, it, I know so, I'm welcome. Like, I'm coming over. I want to say hi. Like, all that it, kind of stuff. But, that I, I agree 100%. And yeah. um, there's companies that don't do it. Now, typically, when I, on the other side of the coin, I prioritize stuff, right? Yeah. So if there's a company that's not doing that or or giving half-wheel early press information, they're getting deprioritized to some extent, right? Right. Um, but if certain companies, I'm still going to go hit, like, they're yeah. still gonna, like, Laura, like Laura Roar this year would have been on my hit list is what I'm saying. Even though they didn't sure. do that, I probably would have deprioritized them under those circumstances, but I right. thought there was more of a story there this year to do that. Um, yeah, and I get just... sometimes you want to go for the low hanging fruit. Pete, you know, I, I get that. Right. Yeah. And Garrett, so certainly Garrett knows all these folks. Um, right. so it, it's a, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with anyone covering Don Dorteo and I think. It, but you know, it's kind of interesting because when I learned that cigar wasn't even a uh, that was a, an aged cigar they made, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's that, that's how simple it is. Like it, it's, it is. It, it's simple. really just the, reaching the, out, reaching out to ten people, and you say, "Hey, I'd love you to come up for you to come by the booth." They, they, that's they, all they, it takes. Yeah, the companies do a know. terrible job with that. Yeah. Um, some companies don't do it, but I'll tell you what: if I show up at the booth, um, they 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 stop what they're doing. Um. Yeah. 
and not just for me, but for other people. Like right. I, I think a good example of a boost at PCA is the CLE boost. They mm-hmm. usually will always talk to the meet. They don't do that. They don't kind of do the warm fuzzies, but people go there and, and they, they'll stop what they're doing and yeah. they'll give you a Christian or whoever, a Raul or one of those guys and Tom. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, they do do it, but I agree. I think that's just, it's such low hanging and I hear excuses after excuses from people making excuses like, well, we're here to sell cigars. Like, no, you're not. You're on a big yeah. stage here. Just, right. just, just, you know, you're going to sell your cigars, but you know what? There's, you want to look beyond the trade show with that. I, I agree yeah. with that point on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, very, very few booths were like slammed 100% of the time. Like they had, they had, they had plenty of time to chat with media if they wanted to chat with media. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, anybody that feels like, you know, anybody that maybe feels like, oh, nobody covered us or anything like that, like, you know, yeah, maybe people should have stopped by, but like, it's really easy to just invite people over. It's, 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 it's one of the easiest things to do. Yeah. You know, if you hit up your retailers and said, Hey, you know, if you're going to TPE, make sure you stop by, like just do with the media as well. Like it's, it's just going to help. It's nothing going to help you. So. Yep. I, I, at that part, I agree with, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm on mode with that. Yep. All right. Um, and I just got a message from my wife. She's like, you may want to go see Creed three. I haven't, I'm not going to see Creed till it comes out. Um, yeah. So she's like, <laughs> oh, she already, like wait, did she go watch it? Uh, I think she's looking to like probably go out to a movie or something. Oh, okay, I see. I see. Uh, like I haven't. The last movie I went to was Creed Two, by the way, in a theater. Okay, so well then I, I tend I tend to watch it at home. I tend to watch it at home. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I tend to I like watching at home. So yeah. All right, we're at the end of the show. Um, again, thanks to Abe. Um, so just an FYI, next week we have a different show next week. Um, so um, our guest will be, um. Rob Dietrich, he is uh, he is the master distiller um, behind the Black and M81 whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's working with Drew Estate, and we have him on the show next week. So it's going to be a yeah. little bit of a different show next week. Um, but we'll be talking more whiskey. Uh, we'll see how I do with that. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the Drew Estate folks, uh, we are going to have – oh, we have some giveaways too. Yeah, so nice. we have some giveaways um, and some of the, the black and swag. I think the ashtrays and stuff. I have to go through. On gave me a big box to take back. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, we will have be smoking black and M81s and have um, hopefully the whiskey will arrive in time. Yeah, so nice. I'm a little nervous about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to have I thought, like, I have this whiskey before, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, I'll. I'll double check with him tomorrow but i think it's getting sent out so perfect yeah so we'll have that next week on primetime episode 259 nice all right uh that's gonna wrap it up for tonight aaron thanks again thanks to our audience yep that's gonna wrap up primetime episode 258 into the annals of history for thursday march 2nd now friday march 3rd on the east coast we'll see everybody next time take care everybody see you guys